This week on Invasion of the Podcast, Marvel wants you to write comics with no farts. Is episode eight episode great? And we make some predictions for the year 2018. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. People of the realm of tension. It's the invasion of the podcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? And welcome to Invasion of the Podcast, where we're trying to take over the world one listener at a time. I hope you guys enjoyed the last episode of 2017, being so full of Westerns. Uh, we're back to more regular programming. Uh, I am Paul, and I'm joined with Steve. Hello, everyone. And we have, uh, back from the dead, we have uh, Jeff on the show, who was supposed to be with us earlier, but ate some questionable things and then almost died, and now he's here. Yes. Do not mix <laughs> death sticks with porg. You gotta cook that stuff, man. De- Death sticks. Yeah. Death sticks. Um, wait, is that is that something for the prequels? Does yeah, that, uh, Attack that's... of the Clones <laughs> prequel. Goodness, well, I'm throwing a... it in there. Yeah, that's okay. I was like, Death sticks. Where have I heard that before? But yeah, that's right. I <laughs> I saw Attack of the Clones in the theater, and then I never saw it again. So maybe it's probably for the best. <laughs> yeah. So um, surprise, surprise, we're gonna talk Star Wars, uh, but it's gonna be a little different than than the last time that we had like an official invasion episode so uh bear with us uh there there is some there's some merit here uh some therapy that we have to work through and um i've and got just, yeah i've got issues <laughs> yeah and so uh we're it's going to be it'll be it'll be something i promise will be different than than just more hey star wars is pretty great right even though we used the same intro wink with steve i like that steve pitched the idea that we'd use the same joke for this episode for and those of you playing along uh, playing at home. along at home uh, for all you people that are collecting every episode and printing them out, or putting them on cassette tape and then lining them all up, and like you know, in your big closet full of podcasts, I don't know why we would do that. That'd be weird. Um, anyway, that that wasn't that funny. Let me just move on. Well, let's talk about some news, and then we'll we'll, uh, we'll get the show started proper. And now for our feature presentation. That's not the news. That's the different button. <laughs> everyone 2018 i'm starting off right pressing wrong buttons just keeping it going new year new you yeah <laughs> new year same me um <laughs> so uh I, I guess i should ask before we even get the news like did you guys have a good holiday like i i didn't even bother to ask Fabe what you guys did anything good get anything good for the holidays like christmas anything yeah i know uh jeff had gotten sick when we were recorded <laughs> our, our show but like two days after we recorded our show i went down as well and i was sick for like a week so uh mean? i came up <laughs> <laughs> i uh i finally came around around christmas uh so i was able to at least enjoy that and uh got some cool swag i got uh the uh, official um, Todd McFarlane art book, uh, somebody who I've actually started to get back into in the last like year or so, um, somebody that I was into 20 years ago, I'm kind of rediscovering. And uh, I also got uh, the uh, Just Desserts, which is a making of Creepshow Blu-ray. Uh, oh, that's so it's cool. a cool documentary on the making of uh, Creepshow. So I kind of spent a day. constant things about Leslie Nielsen and Crushed Velvet. <laughs> and like, 
Look at all these suits. There was something pretty interesting that he used to carry around like a little fart maker. Uh, and they were at a restaurant somewhere and like he kept like going like, like setting it off and this like couple came up and was like, You're the grossest man we've ever met and he like just waved at him and was like, Hey So And don't I, call me Shirley and he just <laughs> So I, he was I, yeah. just as fun as he was in the movies. Well, considering like he played a very like serious character in his like brief bit in Creepshow, yeah, like he was a jerk, right? And I always forget that it's him and Ted Danson <laughs> that are in that segment. Oh yeah, you know it's like and uh, they showed it at the Twelve Hours of Terror, and I I was talking to my one friend, and especially whenever Ted Danson was end up end up underwater, I was like, it's Ted Danson, and then she's like, <laughs> it's Ted Danson. I'm like, yeah, that's what that's what you get. So. That's cool. I'd actually be interested in seeing the documentary. Uh, so, Jeff, did you get anything sweet for Christmas? Or? Oh, I did. Yeah. Uh, my wife is awesome, and she knows me very well. So I got the complete visual guide to Labyrinth and the Dark Crystal that just came out. Oh, wow. I didn't even big, know big, giant tomes full of so many things that it's almost mind-bending. And I, of course, will read every page and corner and word <laughs> and everything that's awesome yeah uh, yeah like that's uh, that's two really cool art books i like the, 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 the mcfarlane one and that that'd be yeah that's like my childhood right there like that's amazing um i um i got uh the, the south park video game the fractured butthole like, i haven't had a chance to play yet but i'm pretty sure it's full of highbrow humor and very serious jokes and I uh, I look forward to it. So um, yeah, good good Christmas is all around for everybody. So I'm, I'm glad. Um, also, I, I wanted to mention I know that the both of you guys did the covers for the Christmas party at Carol and John's. So uh, did you find out if if like who won your stuff, or they even tell you like who won, or if because um, I know they put tickets in for people to raffle for the the covers. So um, yes, uh, I. Unfortunately, I didn't get to go that night because I, I, that was the day that I actually got sick. Um, so I didn't get to go and see all of them in person, but uh, they put up a gallery of everybody's uh, covers. Um, and there was somebody who had uh, commented like that they got it and they enjoyed it. But oh, good. Um, I don't remember their name off the top of my head. So, <laughs> But they do let you know, like, hey, so-and-so got this. Or they chime in and like, hey, I won that one. So. Because I'd be worried if I submitted something, I'd be like, no, no, Paul, you just gotta, you gotta keep it. You keep trying to send the same one every year, <laughs> like you know. Um, so, uh, did you get a lot of votes for yours, or do you know? I don't know. Okay. I don't think I got any of the info. I'm trying to remember. <laughs> my last two weeks was very crazy, and then I was um, sick, so I forget many things. Um, but yeah, no, my kids won all the ones they put in for, so they were stoked. So I got, cool. we got some good art at our house. Now we got an Overwatch book, and of course, I'm gonna forget all the names of everybody because I'm blanking on it i wasn't prepared to think of that i wish i had and i could give them there's credit like, there's like 24 characters uh are oh, you talking about the artist, the artist. I, was like, I was like i was like i'll talk overwatch it's fine no, it's, <laughs> that's cool um but steve i have i have a gift for you that you did not get because you weren't at the show oh i have um i have an extra winston warmer bottle nice so i don't know if you collect those or like the artwork that goes i never with, get one you know, so, so yeah i'm I'm yeah. pretty stoked. Yeah, I mean, I just happen. To, I'm a giver because I happen to drink two of them, so I kept both of them. I would have, I would have drank more, but you know, like the line gets pretty long. So, but it was, yeah, so I have one for you. So, anyway, hope everybody had a good holiday. Um, but yeah, let's just we'll talk about news and proper here. So the first thing I uh, talk about is uh, Marvel is pr- uh, making a platform in which they will let you write comics, quote unquote where you can use artwork that they've already created of characters and you can zoom in position, change them in terms of like how they look in the panel and then add word bubbles, which I don't know why this seems revolutionary to me. Cause it feels like this is technology that's been around for a while with other, other type of things. But 
we want to talk about it because they have very specific rules about what you can and can't do. Uh, so we have a list here of some of the stuff. If you guys want to just go through it. Uh, I mean, contraceptives right off the bat <laughs> just jumps out. It doesn't say to not talk about it, to not use them. We discussed earlier that there's probably going to be a lot of super children running around because they're not allowed to worry about that. I find prescription drugs are over-the-counter medication, vitamins, and dietary supplements to be a really an odd one. Like, you know, half of the Spider-Man stories I read as a kid were about Peter Parker trying to get medication for Aunt May, who's going to die from her 85th heart attack. Yeah, so she might die, but we, you can't talk about... Uh, is her death? Is death one of those things? Yeah, you can't yes. talk about death. So Aunt May's can, can she just go into a coma? Can you just make mention like, oh, I'm sorry, Aunt May, I couldn't get the thing. I can't talk about, and you can't, and you can't go where you need to go. So I guess you're in a coma now. Um, but uh, any amusement parks that aren't Disney amusement parks, <laughs> that's that's amazing. Hmm. Uh, Any movie studios that aren't affiliated with Marvel. Well, at this that's, point, that's that's, <laughs> that's yeah. going to be everybody yeah. now. So um, content that could frighten or upset young children or the parents of young children. Let's let's be honest. That could be anything. I don't even know. Yeah. Like I just feel like um, what else we got here? Uh, sensationalism, which is not defined, but uh, el- was elucidated with the examples of killer bees, gossip. <laughs> Aliens, scandal, etc. I mean, can you if, if you're not going to sens- uh, sensationalize killer bees, can you then include them? Like, I guess can, so. I mean, what if you're referencing the Anthrax album "Attack of the Killer Bees"? Yeah, like, is that okay? Like, like, what if, what if, um, is there a bee-based villain in the Marvel? I'm sure there's like 700 of them, right? Like, there has to be. Yeah, I'm, like, I, like, what if you're doing an Ant-Man comic and he has to fight a bee? Like, can he can can the bee can the bee not be killer? Can it just be like a very aggressive bee? I don't know, like. <laughs> Like like oh no! The it's very a, aggressive it, bee. It's an aggressive bee swarm, not killer bee swarm. They're just aggressive. Um, so you can talk about aliens, but you can't say that aliens came from someplace, and you mean it. Wink. You can't like. Is that what is that? Alien seems like a strange one. I think that they're trying to imply like so. There's a lot of things. Uh, this is a whole toxic thing that the shit posting that you hear about, like uh, people will post like Lord of the Rings memes, but they're really just like anti-Semitic. I think that's kind of what they're getting at. As they want to kind of read it literally is. Aliens from space. Are you t- they're talking about like? Are you meaning like aliens? Like if you're from another country, is that what I they're think that's what's at? kind of saying? That you know? makes more sense. Like, okay, I'm yeah. on board with that. So I mean, it's just like it was a copy or parody of current or past Marvel advertising creative. Um, so I guess I can't make Hostess uh, snack cakes comics. You know, um, they should just basically they should just write Deadpool is one of the things that you cannot have in here because I feel like Deadpool would be all about these things in a way of subverting it. Well, I have to imagine that the Punisher is not one of the characters that you can write since one of the things that you can't write about are guns. Yeah. It's, his name is going to be called the Discipliner and he's just going to put people on timeout. Be like, listen, you're a bad guy. You just need to go on timeout for a while or permanently, you know. <laughs> you know like, <laughs> I have a sledgehammer. I can't use it, but you know what I would do with it. Yeah, which um, is, you, you know, I, I realize they're going for all ages here, but if you've watched any of the Netflix Punisher show, <laughs> it's pretty brutal. And Especially like, the killer bees in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you, give away the ending. Just shoots them at people Hit with spoilers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're in my house. Yeah. They're everywhere. Um, so I my, my thing with this, this is interesting. At least I feel like if people, I'm, there's always going to be, somebody out there that's going to take one of these things and do something amazing with it and show that there's potential in it. Um, I think that's cool. I think there's people that may not be artistically inclined, but still want to tell stories. I think that's kind of cool for them to get the chance. Also, I think this gives a chance for anybody that's interested in how to tell a story using panels and pacing. Cause I know like with you, with you working on comics, Steve, like that you have to be, you know, 
aware of how the panel flows. Yeah. So I feel like this is a good as, as, uh, exercise as any to show that. And and it's something that I still struggle with. Like, you know, I'll give pages to my penciler, Ryan, um, of script. And sometimes I'll just be like, you know, if you've got a better way of doing this or you feel like this is not flowing the way it should, you know, feel free to change it because it is a tricky thing. And I do wonder, like, if them, like, taking the artist completely out of the equation here and just being like, here's a bunch of images and i realize it's for fun you know although i I do think that they said that like they basically own whatever you create oh i'm sure they do that's probably the the it's free wink until (laughs) until they're like that's a really good story that's not ours and oh by the way it's a movie that's coming out next week oh sorry you're not making any money off of that yeah so i mean you know it would be an interesting way to learn how to tell a story um if you're an aspiring writer or to just play with that but um, but when you're growing up you didn't have computers and fancy things how did you make your own comics uh i had a little book called uh, how to make comics the marvel way um oddly enough uh that uh was written by stan lee and uh um the art is done by john bashima so <laughs> i was waiting just like stan lee's like listen let jack kirby come up with it and then you take credit for it <laughs> right uh, and they'll work out okay. People will put you in movies, you'll be famous. Um, no, but I'm just saying, like, I know growing up with me, it's like, if I wanted to, do, I would just draw comics, like, yeah. badly, but I would still draw them. Like, oh, I still draw you know. comics badly, but, you know, it doesn't <laughs> stop me. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, like, if someone's creative, like, they're going to find an outlet. And I think this is cool, but there was, a, like, a CD-ROM in, like, the ni- like 1991 that was, like, a bunch of different Spider-Man, like, clip art. You could make comics, yeah. and it was terrible. And this feels like this isn't too far off from that, so I don't know how this is revolutionary. So here's the question. Yeah. Somebody's going to ask it, so we'll just ask it. We'll talk about it. Do you think that this kind of thing destroys creativity, like being able to turn on your computer and be like, I can make a movie, I can record my music, I can do anything, and just having it there kind of takes away that thing of like, oh man, if I could just figure out how to do this, and you get more proactively creative? I I think um, now that we're getting to the point where things are limitless, I think that the lesson people need to learn is that boundaries are still a good thing. Mm -hmm. So, And I, I think we've talked about this on the show before, where... Uh, since everything's becoming so easy to make professional looking things that, you know, you still, there, there's still an editing and proofreading process for lack of a better term. Like, but I, I think that it can spike creativity, but it, I think that there's a lot of people out there that, that can, you know, do amazing things with Photoshop, but doesn't mean they're putting out good content. You right. Know? Like right. I, uh, like every parody shirt you see, that's a mashup of things. It's like, it's technically looks good, but it, it content wise doesn't make sense to me, but people are like, Oh, people will pay for it or whatever. So yeah, I think you're right. Like it's, it could, it could, um, stop creativity but i like look people are making the most amazing things in minecraft and i don't have the patience for that game right and that's a limitless kind of world too you know so i don't know like uh there was a kid i just there's a story recently not to talk about overwatch again haha but i'm going to um a kid used the unreal 3 engine and made this huge map for a concept for a map in overwatch that if I showed it to you, you would not distinguish it from the art style of the game. And he put it up on Reddit and people are like, you should apply to Blizzard. And then one of the big game designers behind Overwatch is like, hey, we'll be in touch. Like, it's amazing how, like, even given an engine with with limitless possibilities, this person still had to to learn how, like, how things make sense. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I guess it's a give and take. Like, the ability out there to make things is going to be great. But understanding how it works, I think, is almost more important than understanding how the tools work. Yeah. You know. So, I mean, what do you think? I wasn't taken away from the whole like creativity thing. Maybe, maybe it was more when you said, "Well, like, how did you make comics when you were little?" And you were like, "I got paper and I made them and I read this book." And so sometimes I just wonder if like 
having everything available all the time for everybody. Like, there's nothing that would have stopped somebody from cutting up some stuff and figuring it out, too. Yeah. I'm um, just curious. I'm literally just postulating the no, question. No, no, there's literally, a, I have no question. point behind <laughs> my question. I don't believe it in one way or the other. I was just no. curious what you thought. Uh, what, what do you think, Steve? Um, you know, I, I think we're kind of in an awesome place right now where anybody can create something. Whether you're a filmmaker, you can make something, put it up on YouTube. You can make a webcomic like myself. You can... Um, you can make a podcast. You can, there's a lot of ways that you can voice and be creative on the internet. So I think that's really awesome. Um, when I was saying, you know, taking the artist out of the equation kind of thing, it's it's one of those things that like I'm always wondering about because sometimes people are just like, oh, you just let the computer do that, right? No, no, that's <laughs> not really how it works. Or you know, um, I've seen Black Mirror. That's how it all works. Everything, <laughs> everything's computers now. It's fine. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, it's interesting. Um, and I, I think any tool that can give people a way to express themselves is a good thing. Um, but there's also this thing of, you know, is it truly creating comics or is it more of a fun thing? Cause that's where I get into the whole, like, we own it thing where I wonder like how much of it is actually, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, they did a uh, Marvel had, um, Oh, what was the name of the the the, the process they had uh, over ten years ago, where people could submit story ideas to them, or they could submit artwork, and then they could put together teams of people to like here try to come up like they they'd want pitches for characters that aren't mainly being used all the time right now. And what was the name of that series? I cannot remember. Like there was only a handful of books that came out of it, but they were trying to get some more like um, homegrown talent to apply and they yeah. wanted people to give story pitches and scripts and give examples of coloring and lettering and artwork and then just kind of like have them satellite it out um, oh epic that's what it was called yeah. uh, because I remember we talked to Joe Caroni he actually did cover work for a Crimson Dynamo five part series that came out of that so Mar- Marvel owns it but they're giving the chance for people to actually have a printed work I don't think this is the same thing. They might take like the best five or six or something and show people what you can do, or maybe they'll maybe publish the best web comic each week. Who knows? Yeah. But uh, I, it's interesting. But I just in a world in which we have Snapchat filters where people think that's humor, I don't know if people immediately understand storytelling. Why don't anymore. you like my Snapchats? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you have a filter. We have dog ears and a tongue. It's funny, right? It's like I have a different thing on my face. It's funny. Maybe this is Marvel's The Last Starfighter. <laughs> like one person is literally going to be like, it's there's like, another Jack Kirby out there. We're going to find him. Yeah. It's like, listen, you did really well with this. Here's the real truth. We need you to draw comics to avoid an alien invasion. <laughs> yeah. And they only understand double entendres, guns, and obscenity. <laughs> it was a trick. Now you must unleash your powers. I mean, at least with this. Like, Fart noises. With the, <laughs> at least with the rules here, it, get, it, it does provide parameters at least. Mm-hmm. And I feel like even if you take all this and, and apply it, you can still tell a really good story. Like oh. you don't need to lean on this to tell a good story and of the I, I don't want to go too far into this, but like, what do we think the age range is for this? Like, <laughs> I don't think somebody's going to try and break into the, the business using this, you know, or yeah. maybe somebody's really smart and they're like, I'm going to write the, the greatest story that Marvel's ever seen and do it all with this one app. But, you know, is it intended for younger kids? Is there a 25-year-old out there right now who's like, you know, wanting to write for Marvel and he sees this as his ticket in? Like... I don't know. You're right. I just, um, 
I, I just figure that they're, this is going to be available. Any content that's made on there is going to be theirs. And if they happen to, to trip through and find something that's of interest, then it's a win for them. And it's also expanding their brand. So you can make a Marvel comic and share it on Facebook or something. Yeah. Right? So be like, here, here's definitely Deadpool not talking about fart noises, you know, like whatever. And I'm also waiting. Disney owns two of your children now. <laughs> yeah. I'm also waiting for the ones that, that, that adhere to all these suggestions, right? And somehow still get around it and make something that's like, wait, you did what with that? Like, I'm waiting for that one that's going to break it. And it's going to be great. You can use single entendres according to this. <laughs> you, you can't use double entendres. Yeah. And you can't use misleading language, but you could use very leading language. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, oh, I'm sorry. They're, they're, they're not dead. They're just not alive as opposed to death, right? So that would be, yeah. Uh, anyway, I, it's interesting. We'll see what happens with it. I mean, who knows, right? At least they're doing something. Yeah. I like anything that's... Yeah, I mean, they're trying to... Anything positive is good in my world, so... Yeah. So, yay! We'll see what happens in the future of Marvel's user-created comics. Um, All right, so next story here. Um, Gillian Anderson... uh, By the way, X-Files is coming back as of tonight while we're recording. It's their season 11. Ten episodes. She says she's done after season 11, and people are upset about this. I don't understand it, uh, because the X-Files revival last year was a surprise and unexpected, and it was more good than bad. And now we're getting 10 more episodes and we may not get any more. I don't understand why people are upset about the thing that we, the, the idea of the TV revival, I know it's been around for a long time, but it feels like now they're really digging in. Everything's getting revived. If people are still alive, like Roseanne's coming back, you know, and I, everything's getting revival. Everything's going like straight to like a streaming service. So people are like, I remember that let's do that again. Fuller house is not a revival, but it's the same thing. You and know? the smoking man's on all of them. Yes. <laughs> I, I would watch fuller house just to see the smoking man <laughs> because I feel like that's a government conspiracy to destroy people's senses of humor. So I feel like that's very appropriate. Um, but yeah, Uncle people, Jesse was an alien the whole time. He was a ripper. I know? watched that. <laughs> I watched that. <laughs> We're writing a way better show right now. We're like, let's do it. Like, Quick re- to the re- Marvel re- comic thing. <laughs> Write it. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. People are upset that she says she's done with this. I mean, how many? I, if if this is like your big role that you're known for, but you also want to do other things, and you come back to this for a little bit, I mean, how? Also, the years between when it ended and yes. when they were, I mean, like, she did, she was not this for a very long time. No, like, and, like, David Duchovny definitely looks, like, he still looks, I mean, I'll never look as good as David Duchovny on his deathbed as I'll never look that good. Let's just be, you know, and whatever. But he definitely looks like he's aged from the last to, to this. And she's old, you know, a little older, too. But it's like, there's a big difference between the very end of the series and now. And... So here, here's yeah. my counterpoint to that. Like, I wouldn't say I'm devastated. I mainly I was just surprised because I was like, "Oh, you guys brought it back," but she's she wants to to leave, and that's that's kind of unfortunate because I think like, so it is one of those odd things because the X Files had its seasons, its original series, and then the middle of I think it's the seventh season is when the first movie came out. Yeah. And then they did two or three more seasons. There was bees in that too, by the way. There's killer bees. <laughs> there, there was were, killer yeah. bees. Take that, Marvel. Um, <laughs> they own it now, so they can have the killer bees. Then uh, the second movie came out, like, I want to say it was like almost 10 years later. It 
Was, yeah, that's right. I forgot about because that movie was not good. Yeah. Actually, I really liked that movie. So <laughs> I don't think I ever even saw it. I, oh, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, that was, it was back like, when we were it, first it was, having baby children. So it was like you had to pick very specifically what movies you were going to see. Like a very okay episode of the show, but it wasn't a film like level. Like um, I just if, and I'll yeah. I'll I'll agree to that. I yeah. but what I liked about it was that it wasn't the alien conspiracy. It was completely yeah. its own thing. It was it was the Star Trek uh, um, insurrection. To like uh, of of X Files films where it's like you know what it's perfectly okay but we're probably not gonna go back to it again. Yeah, that's that's a fair comparison. But uh, I'm like literally working that math out in my head. I'm like, okay, (laughs) you carry the two. Yeah, if only there had been other uh, X Files films other than that first one, that'd be a good comparison. But like you know, you've got the the two films, the original series, and then you have them coming back. Was it last year when it debuted, or the year before? Uh, It was the what. Was it? I think it was last year because it was around the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I guess. I guess what I don't understand is why, like, she's leaving in the sense that, like, they could go five years without doing another series, and then, yeah, we're gonna do another ten. Like, yeah. I, I feel like that was the thing that I actually growing up, not having experienced the original Star Trek TV series, you know, um, I was of prime age for the the films. Like, I liked that every couple of years I got a new, you know, Captain Kirk story. You know. Um, even though some of those movies aren't great, you know, um, I just I'm like, well, it's weird that she's leaving. Like, I'm, again, I'm not devastated or upset. Well, the but, idea that they would announce that she's leaving a thing yeah. that you didn't know was still around, it also and makes then you it's wonder back. Kind of season up, then that's probably not good. It's right. probably him to get something. But yeah. I mean, I would just think that they could be like, yeah, maybe we'll do another series. You know, another six or eight episodes in five years, like like British television, where they'll yeah. like. They'll take huge leaps between like years of seasons. Um, yeah, I, I think that because since Fight the Future, not Fight the Future, I want to. Was it? I want to want to know. What was the name? I, I the, want to believe. I want to believe. I want to know. I want to know what love is. I want to know. What, 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 yeah, because that movie didn't do so well. I think that, that I think that Fox wanted to make that a film franchise to come out every two three years. Like the all yeah. oh, that's the X Files film, and I think she would have probably been on board for that because I feel like committing to a film every couple of years is not the same thing as like ten episodes of television. Because I mean, even though it's a small production, you're there. How many? I mean, how many weeks did it take them to film that? You know, yeah. like so. And you're probably I, in most of it. So. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, that's I I don't know. I mean. I, I guess this is one of those things where at least it's not going to overstay its welcome. It isn't like it isn't like um like it isn't like it's Family Guy where people wanted it back, it came back, and now it's never going to leave again. You know, like and so I guess I'm okay with it. But I, I guess also too, I haven't seen this new season. What if it turns out to be like the greatest ten episodes ever? Then I'm just going to be sad that I don't get any more of it. But then again, two years ago, if someone said, "Hey, you're going to get 16 more episodes of the X Files." I'd have been like, no, how is that possible? You know, so. And I'll be honest, I wasn't all that excited for like another season. And then, like, when I watched that first episode, I was like, oh, this is actually really good. Yeah. And I got on board again immediately. So, you know, I, I mean, if maybe they knock it out in these 10 episodes and they give it a, f- a great finale, like, that'll be the thing that'll piss people <laughs> off. If it ends on a cliffhanger. It's Chris Carter. You know, he's just like, he ha- he's just, all he does is sits on cliffhangers. That's all he's really good at is when he, he he's like, you have resolution, but here's seven more questions. And yeah, so we'll see. I don't know. I'm like, I have a question here. I was going to save till the end of the show, but for 2018, is there a revival, a TV revival that you want to see happen? Like they haven't announced, like if there was the opportunity for another TV show to be brought back for a few more seasons or not even a revival necessarily. If it was like, Hey, we're going to do this again. We're going to give you like maybe a new cast or a torch pass. What would you want to see come back? 
Um, it can't happen. But just the feeling of Battlestar. Yeah, well, think, if, if feeling... they just go back and be like, hey, um, from season 3.5, and everything after that doesn't happen, we're going to just keep going. Well, they kind of Star Wars, Clone Wars, <laughs> Rebels, it, where they're like, this was all happening at the same time. Yeah, well, they gave us Caprica, which was a pile of shit. Yeah. Like, I yeah. really wanted to like that show. Me it wasn't, too. I tried. I, I really, got I would it. literally, my thing is, the thing I would want is more uh, another series of extras. Okay, that's the Ricky Gervais yeah. thing. Yeah. I could totally, even if it's just another movie or another, just because that could easily just keep going into his career forever and ever. And yeah, and that's one of those ones that you could pick right up right. again. Yeah, it'd be fantastic. Yeah. Um, so I guess, and this has kind of never gone away, so it's a little bit unfair, but like, uh, I would like to see a return of the original Batman the animated series. Oh, that'd oh be my good. God. Yeah. Steve just became my best friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I say. Every time somebody's like, hey, what'd you think of Batman? I'm like, yeah, Batman, Paul Dini. And I'd fall over. I don't see why they couldn't, you know? Like, yeah. I think you, you got me really into the whole DC um, expanded universe with the Justice League stuff there at the very end, how they are all kind of keep, not that you have to have everything connect, but it had a look, it had a feel. Oh, yeah. The storytelling was there. There's no reason why they couldn't do that again, you know. Like, especially, I just don't know why um, Warner Brothers is so uh, hesitant with how they treat Batman. Well, they have that the the Justice League action, and it's like right there. And I know that they're trying to like the Teen Titans thing, Teen Titans Go thing has changed something somewhere, but like it's still really good. Like you watch those episodes, and you're like, you get that, like, oh yeah, that's that's what I needed. <laughs> and like, but you have like. Blue Beetle making cracking jokes at Batman in a way that the old series wouldn't have had, but like, yeah, every time somebody says anything about Batman, I just like Batman anime series, and I just it's my repeat answer yeah. always. That's, that's that's why I have that answer. Kevin Conroy pictures. Well, it's Batman, but it's why I haven't signed on the wall because he's the best. He's <laughs> that the would best be Batman. funny if it was just a giant picture, of Kevin Conroy. <laughs> I, sure, you know, like I just. Uh, yeah, but I, that's a good that's a good call. Um, I'm sure there's people out there screaming right now saying they want more Firefly, but uh, which I would be great. But at this could, point, I yeah. feel like um, there's no way anybody would ever be happy. <laughs> They're devastated that Gillian Anderson is devastated that yeah. if they even mess it up, even like the tedious bit, people would be like, no. So my my hope against hope, it's actually we'll never see a revival of Night Court. I think Night Court would be amazing. I just want to see more Night Court. I love Night Court. Uh, but no, the, the one I want the most right now is Quantum Leap. I want, and I think that you could do that. I think you don't have to have, um, you don't you don't necessarily have to have um, Dean Stockwell. I mean, he's getting up in age, right, as Al. But you still have, um, oh, Sam, uh, what freaks his name? Uh, the the main actor. I can uh, picture him right now. And for whatever reason, I'm blanking on I don't know why I'm blanking on this because I love that show. Um, you could have him maybe take that role of the Owl character and have a new, a new person leaping or and, something. And that show actually ended with like the biggest screw you to its fans where it was like... Because they, they, they thought they were getting home. renewed and then they, they're they just like, we're done. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, what the heck's his name? It's right in front of me. He was Captain Archer on Star Scott Trek. Scott Bakula. That's it. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, 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 or even even have a series with him still leaping because the way the series ended. Like, and the weird yeah. thing about that is that's a perfect one for like a network to pick up because it doesn't have to be serialized. No, and it's, that's your, why. it's like uh, your Law and Orders, your like one and dones, but it's all connected. Like and, they tried bringing some stuff in and, uh, like later, but it didn't. It didn't have to permeate every single episode. And I loved, I loved the snapshotting of history. I, I just I don't know. I think that's a really good. It's a, it's a backdoor way of doing like an anthology show. With the same character, that's a great. I, idea. I, I love Quantum Leap, and honestly, I can admit that I've never seen every single episode. I feel like that's, that's a shame, but I love that show. 
But did you guys hear me? You should bring back Quantum Leap. That would make me so happy. We We're, did a really good job answering this question. I, I think know. we deserve yeah. some sort of medal. <laughs> so um, that, that's a good transition to the last story here real quick. Uh, people that didn't deserve a medal. Uh, I just want, This is just something I want to personally bring up. We record out of Cleveland. I am a sports fan. Put an asterisk beside that. I did, I've watched one quarter of football this year because it's always on Sundays, and I happen. I was watching a lot of westerns, so I didn't get a chance to watch a lot of football. Um, the Cleveland Browns went zero and sixteen, the second team in the modern era to go zero and sixteen. The Detroit Lions, two thousand eight, went zero and sixteen. So we're at least not the first one to do it. Um, but Cleveland people got together. They're having a parade this Saturday. It's zero and sixteen parade. The parade route is entirely around Brown Stadium. Like so, it's just one loop. And that's it. Uh, they're taking zero. up, yeah, big zero. I didn't even think about that. That makes sense. Um, and they're 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 taking nominations for a parade queen and all this stuff. And it's like, on the surface, it's funny, but I just don't know how I feel about a town like saying we didn't succeed at anything this year. Let's have a parade. Is that you guys aren't sports guys? But I don't know. <laughs> but you live but you live in the Cleveland area. Like how does how does that make you feel? Like so. I couple of things that I thought were interesting about it. I, I did a little bit of reading about this before uh, we uh, recorded this evening. And uh, one of the things that I found out was is there's two sponsors to it. because it, <laughs> One's Excedrin. One is Excedrin. Because <laughs> uh, it's a headache. We're going <laughs> to donate money. So which I thought was clever. But the other one is something called Farmers Only, which is apparently a dating site <laughs> for farmers. But what what's great about it is, is, well, I'm neither Signal nor a farmer. I didn't know this was a thing that even existed. Oh, you didn't know about Farmers Only? No, I thought it was a joke at first. I was oh. like, what is Farmers Only? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I thought that, that that was funny. I thought that was interesting. But like for me, I feel like, you know, I, <laughs> I, I don't know. I guess I was never really a Browns fan. Um, when I was into football as a kid, I was a Cowboys fan, and I took a lot of crap for that. But like <laughs> my best friend when I was a kid was a huge Browns fan, and he took garbage literally every day uh, about being a Browns fan. Uh, and he lived in Ohio. Um <laughs> In so the shadow like, of the stadium. It's yeah. like, God damn kid, you're a Browns fan. And he's like right there walking by the stadium every day. And I kind of think like it's kind of the spirit of Cleveland to be like, hey, you know what? We we didn't win any this year, but we're going to find a reason to celebrate and get together. And you know what it is? It's an excuse to like, hang out and drink beer. And that's really all you really need is a good excuse to, to do that, in my opinion. I, I guess. I, Jeff, I know you're, you're not the sports guy. Yeah. But no you, sports. But ball. you live in the area of sports ball. Yeah, no, to me, it's all in how they do it. Like, if they're going to, if it's funny and uh, in the right spirit of, uh, I don't know, as long as That's, everybody, it's I'm not worried. like angry and, uh, <laughs> I don't know, self revelatory. Like, I'm worried there's going to be a lot of drunk and angry people there. Yeah. And someone's going to do something stupid, and it's going to be—it's going to make national news because ESPN's going to be watching it, and it's going to make Cleveland look worse. Uh, and I feel like, at least from like a sports perspective, Cleveland was just in the World Series two years ago or a year ago, I guess. You know, and then the you know the Cavaliers won a championship. Like we're doing okay. Like it isn't like we're you know. We're I think not, it's more of a Browns thing than just sports in general. That's though. fair, but I mean, I think Cleveland has kind of gotten past that having a black eye you know, mentality of like always kind of downtrodden. I mean, but until you, I guess when you go 16, I guess people don't care. But I think that this, like I moved here in 2000 um, and I, aside from the winter and screwed whatever's going on right now, it's terrible outside. I really like this area a lot. And I like, uh, I like the town and, and I, and it's, it's a cool place to live. 
I just think that we're better than this. And I just, there would have been a time maybe in the, you know, the, like the mid two thousands when the team just was nothing to maybe do something like this. But I don't know. I, I just, it, I'm not going, I could sit at home and feel bad for myself and drink and be warm as opposed to being all dressed up in orange and drink and feel bad. Yeah. I mean, definitely not going anywhere near a parade in, you know, zero degree weather. So it would be you know, it's the same thing. Like Warner brothers having a parade for justice league. Be like, Hey guys, we didn't, we meet our goal. We're going to have like, it's something about like you're setting out an expectation and you didn't meet it. And you're going to celebrate you that you didn't meet your expectation that I know it's a low dig kind of picking on justice league, but like, um, eh. you know, like, I don't know. I, I just I don't like the celebration of failure. That's you know, and th- that's fair. I, I get that. For me, it's just tongue in cheek fun. Yeah. So. Yeah. So anyway, enough sports talk. There you guys. You guys didn't think you get sports talk on the show, but you did. So that's my. That's, I'm good for the year 2018. What day is it? We're good. <laughs> is it, is, were you worried like this was true pursuit? Where you're like, this is the one pie wedge. I don't know what's like. I was waiting for Steve to be like, I did some research today, and did you know that football is a sport in which they kick a ball, but mostly they throw it. Joe Montana. Yeah. High five. Everyone like, up. Like the whole joke of like uh, we call soccer soccer, but it's actually called football. But football should be called hand egg. Because the shape of the, the the ball and how you use it, right? So anyway, enough sports talk. Let's just let's get back on the the nerd train and talk some Star Wars. And now for our feature presentation. So, is there any type of like sports in, in Star Wars world? Do they play organized sports? Pod racing, pod racing, and those big Quidditch, the that's giraffe, also the giraffe racing. Oh yeah, whatever those yeah the the cat horse things, whatever those are, slave based yeah. giraffe racing. Yes. Yeah, you'd think they would have figured out like a stick and ball game or two in there, but it's all racing in a circle. Man. I was about to say it, but I don't know how bad of a geek I can be. Am I allowed to go full? Please. An Attack of the Clones right in the Death Stick scene. Remember, they're at the sports bar and they're all watching like <laughs> yeah. the robots play yep. football and stuff. Oh. I was just going to mention that. Okay, good. I had to do it. Like. I'll just I'll mute my mic. You guys can just go on. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So... Um, I know we just talked about The Last Jedi expectations like the two shows ago. I didn't. You did not. I was desperate. Yeah. Um, but after Steve texted me after your initial <laughs> viewing of saying, hey, because I was I always would get to it like a week later. and the, But it was, became this big bubble at work where I would just see people talking and I'm just like, don't like, can you give me a minute to see this movie? You know, yeah. and, and people are just like. But I'm like, just just calm down. I get it. I'm the last person to see the Star Wars. Can you just You're give me a minute? You're the last Jedi to see the last. Yeah, Jedi. I, was the, I was the last Jedi. Jedi, right? So I went. To, I went out of my way. Figured out a way to go see it. Um, which I, I saw a double feature of that, and I saw the Disaster Artist right before <sighs> the Last Jedi. So caught in with a little weird headspace going into the movie <laughs> after seeing you know the the making of the room and then going and watching the last jedi disaster is actually really good it makes me sympathetic to tommy wiseau which i never thought would happen um saw the movie came out but i know you text me saying you need to see this as soon as possible in the sense that you don't want some of these things ruined for me but you didn't give me an indication how you felt about the film until after i watched it um and, I, and i'm going to put you on the spot here you ranked your movies on Facebook, and this didn't make it. I don't think it made it in the top half. No, uh, it didn't. Okay, so um, first, like I guess uh, your reaction, then 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 uh, Jeff will go into your reaction uh, about this, and then I kind of you know we'll, we'll we'll feel it out. But I have some questions as we go. Yeah. So 
So I, I walked out of the movie, and I hate to make it sound like it was some sort of like, like it was a car accident. Like, I couldn't process it. You were like, smoking your death sticks and threw them <laughs> on the ground and walked away. But like, really, when I walked out of it, I was like, I don't know how I feel about this movie. <laughs> like, I, I couldn't process it. Um, there was steam coming out of my ears. and uh, Not that I was angry, but I mean, just like my brain was working overtime. The wheel was going. The hamster was running as fast as it could. And uh, I just, there was so much in the movie. And that was the thing that I wanted like to get across to you is like, see this movie because there's so much that happens in it. You don't want any of it spoiled, good or bad. You, you need to experience it. And I'm kind of glad, at least from my end, uh, I didn't run into any spoilers, and I did try to like stay away from stuff as much as possible in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, but I found with like both Force Awakens and this, like any time that anybody would like talk about spoilers, they were usually wrong. Like I don't know how many news reports I read on either film that were completely off base. Like, and good on Lucasfilm for being able to like keep the movie under wraps in both cases because i didn't run into either of those movies being spoiled by like the newsmakers or everybody who and this is not a dig on the people who make youtube videos but like <laughs> youtube will use its algorithm to know what i watch and i watch a lot of stuff i'm on star like, wars every single video was like star wars spoilers yeah. star wars spoilers or you know like and what's great is is they're all like ones now that are like why didn't luke use the green lightsaber in the end of the movie or why is every facebook or youtube video always have to have a weird static background image and then always like the face of someone going it's always like a reaction <laughs> with a guys, red circle around something red circle that's not or circling anything yeah I just, I, 11 I, things you missed in the trailer for yeah yeah um, so getting back to my initial reaction um, there was so much that happened in the movie that I, I honestly didn't know how I felt about it until I saw it a second time um and I, I honestly just got to see it the second time this past weekend. Um, and there are a lot of things that I really do love about the movie. Um, are we going into spoilers here? Well, I mean, yeah. yeah. Do you know why they are called spoilers? Quebec says it so. So okay. let's, let's move. Yeah. So there's this one thing and because i feel like a lot of people now are in this place where they're taking sides over the movie um, that's what that i wanted to kind of yeah yeah and there's only one star wars thing that happens in the movie that i don't like uh everything else after that is just basic film criticism like things like i feel like it's too long i feel like it needed some tighter editing i feel like had they condensed the story for Canto Bite and the ship running out of gas a little better, that that would have worked better. But that's that's purely like looking at it from a critis, you know, a critical point of view. Yeah. When it comes to Star Wars, the thing that I'm hung up on that I still can't get past is the idea that Luke Skywalker, regardless of what he saw in the vision when he looked at Kylo Ren, he would not consider killing kylo ren or ben solo in his sleep um it's just the thing that i think is the most un luke skywalker thing ever and i feel like a lot of the movie was kind of built on this whole thing of like and i get it you know you've you said yourself that episode seven was comfort food the whole goal of this movie is like we're going to take you places you've never been <laughs> um and we're going to give you the unexpected regardless of whether it's a good decision or not that's the one decision that i feel like had 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 Ben been awake, I'd have been okay with Luke drawing out his lightsaber. But just the fact that he's asleep, 
<laughs> bothers me. Um, and I know that they can rationalize it away. That he even says in the movie that it was a moment of shame and it was, you know, a second of weakness. Uh, I just, I can't. The guy who was able to redeem his father, who murdered children and <laughs> blew up planets and did all these things, I just, I, I have trouble with that aspect of it. Um, so that's the one thing that I'm still hung up on. Um, and it, it the, I will be honest with you. One of the things that I really walked out of there, uh, thinking when I walked out of the first viewing was, is like, how do I hold the choices that it makes against this movie when just because they're choices that I wouldn't make, that's, that's what I want to talk fair. about that too. Yeah. Um, you know, like for instance, Leia flying is one of those things that I was like, I didn't care for it, but I'm not going <laughs> to like, it's not like it ruined the movie for me. You know, I wish they'd have just done something a little different with it. Like maybe had she held together the blast and walked away from it, I'd have been okay with it. But it's just two guardians is what it felt yeah, like. Yeah, uh, a little bit. Um, and I feel like I'm biting into to Jeff's time here because he hasn't no, gotten to speak good. yet. Um, but <laughs> He's like, give me 10 more minutes, okay? Just 10 more minutes. <laughs> but it's like, it's one of those things like, do I hold that against the movie because it's something that I wouldn't have done? No. I mean, it's, it's a choice that it made. I put it along the lines of like... Um, and I love Revenge of the Sith, but I hate that Darth Vader yells, no, at the end of the movie. Um, <laughs> it's just one of those things that I'm like, ah, it's a choice that I wouldn't have made, but whatever. Um, you know, so it, a lot of it comes down to, for me, that one decision, that one thing that they did to Luke. Um, and I do feel like <laughs> once I walked into the movie the second time thinking to myself, okay, this is not really... Uh, how do I put this? It's a sequel with Force Awakens, but it's not the sequel of Force Awakens I thought I was going to get. You know, it was much easier to to sort of sit down with it and and take it in because, uh, like, Mark Hamill's performance is wonderful in the movie. Like, I honestly say this, and I know I'm a huge fanboy for Mark Hamill, and Luke Skywalker is my favorite character, but like, I honestly think he should be nominated for an Oscar. I think he's that good in this movie. Um, and I get the it. The way you drank that green milk. I mean, <laughs> they sold it. There's there's a lot of lovely character moments with him that like there's um the one scene where he's he's recounting to Ray like what happened with Ben and he's just kind of talking to her about you know his initial approach with her and he's like, you know, well Han was well Han was Han about it. But his delivery of that was there's something very special about that that was I don't know how to quantify it, but I the thing that I got out of The Force Awakens with Harrison Ford was, is like, oh, Harrison Ford wasn't just walking through it being Harrison Ford. He was Han Solo. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Mark Hamill was Luke Skywalker. He, he, he brought back a character that he hadn't really played in 30 years, and he did it wonderfully. And I think that should be recognized. Um, the scene with R2 is probably one of my favorites in the movie. Um, and I'm going to stop talking about the things that I love because I, I am biting into Jeff's time. No, no, so, it's all good. Uh, so, yeah. I don't know what you were going to say. So I, am, so. I am conflicted because there well, is a lot. My disk space remaining for recording 704 hours, 11 minutes. That's <laughs> well, fine. we got time. Uh, so, yeah, there are things that I, I loved about the movie. The one thing that's like Star Wars-y that I, I have trouble with is the decision to write Luke going to kill Ben in his sleep. That's my my one issue with the movie. Um, everything else, like I said, just comes down to like, oh, I wish they would have condensed parts of the movie. Um, I don't know that I necessarily needed the epilogue with the broom boy, but maybe people <laughs> loved that. I don't know. Um, 
Yeah, I was going to talk about that too. So, so, uh, so yeah, but <laughs> I said that it kind of brought Force Awakens down with it because I do feel like, and I do not mean this comparison to be negative, but I was trying to think of two films that felt like they were sequels that were so dissimilar that would be a good comparison to The Last Jedi. Highlander I, 2 and 3. I was like Iron Eagle 1 and 2. I was... <laughs> That's, nobody's ever going to understand that joke now. Oh, in, in about three months, there's going to be there's gonna, there's like five Iron Eagle sequels. Lucas <laughs> Jr. is in all of them, but nobody else is. So yes, that's that's fair. Uh, uh, Ro- but, RoboCop two versus yeah. RoboCop one. No, no, no. Oh, okay, I think about it in the terms of like, okay, the first Nightmare on Elm Street and the second Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street two is a sequel to Nightmare on Elm Street, but it doesn't really care about any of the threads that happen in the first movie. No, um, and it's it's a sequel in that it has Freddy Krueger, um, and I'm not comparing The Last Jedi to Nightmare on Elm Street 2, uh, although I do think uh, once I found out that it was all an allegory for coming out, and I was like, oh my god, this movie's actually genius when I watched it through those You're talking eyes. about The Last Jedi, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. you know, I, I feel like once I got rid of that notion that, like, okay, he's taking us to a different place because he's not interested in writing what I thought a sequel to this movie would be. I was fine with it. Um, but I do feel like there is something lacking to The Force Awakens now that it's so, like, two separate movies that aren't really part of... Uh, they are and they aren't. Like, it's hard to quantify, so... I am I will stop talking now, and I will give Jeff some nice <laughs> No, time. no, it's all good. It's all good. So, I literally had the same feeling the first time I saw it. I remember just sitting there. But I had the same feeling at the end of Force Awakens, too, also... Not the sequel, but um, my problems with The Force Awakens were mostly that they gave away stuff that could have been a cool surprise for a movie that hadn't been out in years. Like you knew Han Solo was related to Kylo Ren, which would have been a cool surprise to find out on that thing right before, which would have been a cool buildup. But then they kept being like, huh? There's a, oh, it's a secret. It's yeah. a secret. And it kind of, kind of physically created this manifestation of... Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, cultures, YouTube <laughs> videos where the people are like, what is it? Could it be? And then people went nuts because they literally laid out a tray of like, it is a secret and there is going to be an answer and they kind of let it go. Yeah. And so when I left this movie, my first feeling was exhaustion. I was too busy being emotionally swept up in Luke Skywalker walking out to face the First Order because that was just like everything I'd ever wanted to see in a movie. Um, and I was just completely wrapped up in all that but um i think my problem with it was not even problems because i loved it but like um it feels like the idea of a trilogy is no longer valid in these new movies like there there's something to be said for like the way george lucas did things like you watch those first three movies and especially the first one originally let's go all the way back to new hope like you watch that movie it's like a perfect setup for anything but now people are aware that there's going to be a twist and a turn. Like, it'd be more of a twist in this movie to be like, oh, Poe Dameron was, you know, Luke's Snoke. kid or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that would be a real twist Snoke. because you didn't go into, I mean, we all knew when we were kids somehow just because it's in the air. But, like, you didn't know. You didn't even have a thought that Darth Vader could be related to Luke. They didn't even hint at it. You know what I mean? Yeah. They just talked yeah. about his father. Or in the new movies as well, like, it seems like when they talk about things that already happen there's a lot of explanation whereas it should be like Alec Guinness talking to Mark Hamill in the first movie he's like in the Clone Wars and he goes oh yeah 
because he knows what that is. And it's your job sort of to be in the world of like, oh, what is uh, And that's what creates this whole world of us all still sitting here talking about it because it gave us food to like gnaw on for years. And then you see, it's like when they were like, well, this is where Boba Fett comes from. And some people are like, no. And so these <laughs> movies are trying to set up these things that are accidental mythology in the old movies. And so with the new movie, it literally felt like since it takes place dead smack, you know, four hours after the first one, Force Awakens, it almost feels like an extension of that film. And it happens almost in real time in terms of like, we're being chased. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. a, it's a car chase movie in a way. And but there's all these Except weird the like Japanese is- samurai movie things going on inside it with the force stuff. So it's like this weird like amalgam of like I wish they would stop. Even in The Force Awakens, there's like a thing where I was like, every once in a while, I was like, like when they get Han on the ship and they're looking at the map and it's like, it's real, all of it, that whole bit. I'm like, that should, that whole movie should have like hit the brakes for like another like 10 minutes. But then they were like, Rathars! And you're like, oh no, like slow down and let the, like build up yeah. some of that, like everybody breathe and relax. Like, so this one felt like, <laughs> like they were like, this is literally going to happen in two hours. Like, go, go, go. We're being chased. So it almost feels like they could have another movie and then another movie. Or almost, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't feel like a middle piece of it. It just feels like a continuation, which I know this sounds stupid, but if there's three movies, there's like a beginning, a middle, and sort of an end to this arc. But this story is setting up more arc for something else, obviously. And it feels like I don't want it to be like one more movie. You know what I mean? Like they could literally just have the whole next movie of ever the 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 first order reigning holy hell with these two psycho teenagers running the show and sort of the consequences of that. And now there's like literally all the the resistance is a, can fit on one ship. And I would like to see that like they're going to go we'll do you know we'll do you know 9 and 10 and or something like that. I'd like to see them hopefully now that they've got this set up that they think about the long, I know that like Ryan Johnson was allowed to do whatever he wanted. And I think that's cool. Um, I don't know even know if I thought specifically about Luke's trying to kill Ben and <laughs> while he was sleeping till <laughs> yeah. he just put in that way. I was, that's a very good point, but um, it feels like I would have been happier if they would have slowed down on the Island and maybe, given uh, Benicio del Toro like five, ten more minutes and yeah. cut out some of the Harry Potter-ish like obvious blue screen racing on a giraffe through the city scene. Like <laughs> they could have cut that down. It would have been much more impactful. Like it got kind of long-winded where you're like, and then you get on the ship and this guy is like, they sell parts to both sides and there's there's no good guys. And like that was like, oh, that's a whole new wrinkle because that's the one thing that Star Wars never did. Like it just always feels like an old like good guys and bad guys. And now we're getting in this new world where it's like everything's sort of gray. And I'm like, Star Wars isn't gray. It's mythology. It's supposed to be a morality tale. So that if you're going to do the grayness, you need to ha- like really sink into it and make sure that you're writing it right. And a weird thing is there's a lot of uh, a lot of the uh, FJJ things. The I'm going to throw the lightsaber over the head <laughs> the thing. Uh, yeah. Snoke is dead, which I thought was awesome. But like all these things that he set up, I was kind of like, uh, did he not honor JJ's like wishes in any way or anything? So it's like it's, I was really confused. But then the second time I watched it, I was just like, "Yes, all of this, all the time." So uh, yeah, that's where I'm at with it right now. <laughs> like, no, I think I think that's fair. So I think um, I've only got a chance to see it once, uh, and I don't mind that 
uh, Ryan Johnson took J.J. Abrams' mystery box and threw away most of it because as much as I love Abrams, he's he's really good at setting up little mysteries throughout the whole thing. And it's like in his other movies, too, like Cloverfield just exists because it's all mysteries. Right. And you don't always get answers that you want. You don't even get answers at all. Like Lost was seven seasons of what just happened. And he oversaw all that. So I have no problem with someone saying, you know what? We don't need Snoke's backstory out, you know, like we don't need, um, you know, like the fact that they, they actually have Luke's lightsaber broken in two is showing you this is going to be different going forward. I agree that maybe right now the second bit doesn't feel like the middle. Um, and I worry with Abrams coming back for the last part that he's right. going to be like, you broke my toys. I'm taping all that's back what up I, again. That's my first thought. And here, all Snoke was cut in two. That's okay. His, his species is really good at living in two parts. You know, like we're going to have him and Darth Maul come back with spider legs. It's fine. It's fine. You know, like I, I'm worried that he's going to take all like Ryan Johnson challenged people with this movie. And this is where I was going to put this to Steve because you said so yourself that you weren't this isn't the Star Wars movie you were expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I think that, um, like, I the, I saw people on Facebook when they first saw it. Like, people were like, hashtag not my Star Wars. I'm like, you have to hashtag that. But, like, they were really angry. For, and I don't know what they're angry about because you still get good guys and bad guys. You still have the bad guys in a large position of power. The good guys are up against the wall. Um, and they still find a way to kind of, you know, take the air out of uh, the bad guys' plans. They have a standoff. They barely get away. Uh, there is loss. There's fights with laser swords. The force is being seen, being used. It has all the ingredients of a Star Wars movie, and you have the Porgs, which I'm pro-Porg, like the little silly creatures, and you still have some humor. And some of the humor does feel a little out of place, but I don't feel like it's any less out of place than anything that came in the previous movies. I just feel like it's more modern when it when it first came out in the 70s. That humor was modern for that time, too. I don't know. I just I feel like he had all the ingredients. You could tell Ryan Johnson loves Star Wars, but he didn't want to give you the Empire Strikes Back Part Two. He didn't want to give you a large ball that was killing things. You know, even though they had to point out that the the big uh, weapon right. on crate was Death Star tech. I'm like, is that is that a, a phrase that you just use for large cannons that can shoot things? Like that's Death Star Death Star tech. Oh, it's a cannon that shoots things. Okay, I didn't know that that was developed specifically for Star Wars or sorry, the Death Star or just war in general. I don't know, but I appreciate that he took all the elements that you love about these movies and then still gave you something that you weren't expecting. I'm not saying I'm happy with all the results. I still wonder what was happening in the Cave of Horrors with Ray. Like she saw herself a million times and she clicked her fingers and almost had a whole musical number of her just clicking her fingers and talking. He didn't really give you anything there other than this was supposed to be this really dark, like this is like, you know, you have the force, you have the, the force and the what the dark and the light. The dark didn't do anything. I don't know what it was supposed to do. So here's a question. Let's yeah. geek out on this yeah. then because now you're bringing up specifics. I'm like, oh yeah. So the second time I saw it, I saw it twice too. Um, <laughs> I want to go again. I wanted to go yesterday, but I just couldn't make it happen. Um, that... There's so much going on that literally by the time it got almost to the end, I could not remember when Kylo and her start fighting. I was literally like, I literally couldn't remember what happened next. I was like, I just saw this movie like four days ago and I cannot remember what's go- what happens next, which to me is a fantastic thing as an adult to be able to go see a movie and still be like, oh, cool. Um, but like the cave thing I thought was interesting because that's the kind of stuff that if J.J. Smart, those are the things that you 
grab onto. Like, yeah, no, the, that's is fair. is because he Snoke supposedly put them together and he's get them to talk. So it's all influence again, like the Emperor, like influencing them. So is he wanting her to think she's alone? Like to me, they could still run with the Ray's parents ball. I love that she is nobody, and the fact that they're alone is what they thought was going to each bring them each together because they're not father and son there's no reason for them to be you know what i mean there is yeah. sort of this weird possible like oh he's handsome with his shirt off with his jack Peck sort of situation scene <laughs> with his you pants know what I mean? all the yeah, way up, his his all the way up. <laughs> that's how i wear them um but like there's things in there where you're like yeah that's the stuff he needs to go back and kind of like rewatch it himself and grab at and go her like luke's thing in the tree was he thinks he's had hit, all his problems are outward, but the problem was really him. He's fighting himself. The super kung fu thing of like you're always fighting yourself. Like he yeah. saw himself in his invader's visage, where the whole time he thinks my enemies are out there. I'm fighting to get these things that are trying to stop me from happiness in the world. But his battle was actually inside of him. Whereas her battle was with this idea of just crippling loneliness, where <laughs> she created this myth of like I've been put here and like you know what I mean, and I'm yeah. waiting for somebody to special. And I really thought it was cool. Ryan Johnson said, "What was the hardest thing for?" her to hear would be that you don't belong that this isn't your story yeah this like isn't that, about yeah. you but yeah. then it makes me wonder like what do they do with kylo ren who i thought i thought he kind of stole the whole movie i thought that he his scenes were ridiculous and half the time he's just pulling a golem and kind of staring into three-quarter camera talking to himself when talking to her and yeah. he just crushed it and so i'm like now they have this amazing true villain who literally just constantly chooses to do the villain thing and this girl who's conflicted about being alone, and they they left those two characters in a really interesting way where it doesn't all that other stuff almost doesn't matter, but it's really interesting in the sense of like that's where I go into like just do two more movies <laughs> like you know what I mean don't do three like make it eleven a, a quadruplet. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, going into like the whole, um, you know, the. the if you want to call it the questions that were posed by episode seven. Um, and like, I, I do, you know, know that a lot of the fan outrage and let me just say real quick here. Like if you're so upset about this movie that like you are tanking rotten tomatoes or, uh, you know, I'm using it to... one star Yelp reviews at every movie theater. That Starbag <laughs> 33 says, no, thank you, Ryan Johnson. Yeah. You're, you know, you're using the movie as your, you know, to spout racist bullshit. Like you're not a star Wars fan and I don't want you anywhere near my, my, my star Wars. We'll put it that way. Not my star Wars. Um, but, uh, he means episode seven of them before. Not, yeah. <laughs> not this one, I guess. No, I'm joking. No, but like, um, you know, when it comes to like the Ray question, I think that that's really the one answer that he could give Ryan Johnson that he could give that wasn't going to cause people to lose their mind, you know. But that still pissed people off, though. They everybody wants everything connected to the Skywalkers. I know we talked about this. Yeah, it's like, but I, I uh, felt like it was the one answer that he could give that would be like, oh, well, it kind of returns the idea that anybody could be the hero, and mm -hmm. it returns it to the idea that who Luke was before we knew that he was Darth Vader's son, that kind of thing. Well, how do you feel? Okay, so I, I, how do you feel with with Luke's passing of him somehow force ghosting? You know, like all that stuff, and he, he passes away and becomes a cloak that floats in the wind. But then after, it seems like the movie's implying that the legend of Luke Skywalker is much bigger and much more important and inspiring than the man. 
mm-hmm. himself because you had you know homeless kid with uh, the Rebel Alliance ring or whatever. He's not homeless. He's a slave. Well, whatever. He has a home. He <laughs> just doesn't want to be there. And he's telling the you know telling his friends all about the things that Luke did with his uh, really cool action play set of twisted metal and wires and everything. And then he goes out and looks up at the sky and sees like you know a shooting star. Is this more setting the stage for what you talk about? Anybody can be the hero. Anybody can be you know a Jedi. Well, not me. Or the Force is more of. It's it's a force and not just a a power in which a select few get to use. Right. Like I feel like this is more of a religious awakening. That that's what they're teetering towards, as opposed to midichlorians being in someone's system and that makes them able to use the force. Right. And I think he's definitely bringing it back towards that. Um, you know, the interesting thing with you know. So there's a scene in the movie where Luke is, and that's one of the things that did bum me out about the movie is, is I didn't get enough of Luke actually interacting with Ray. Um, but he's there's the wonderful scene where he takes her up on the rock and he tells her to reach out, and it's got a little good gag in it where he's telling her to like reach out, and she he's puts her hand the, out, the, the, the weed or whatever. Yeah, like, do you feel it? <laughs> <laughs> I, I really enjoyed that scene, but he he kind of gives like a really quick summation of what the force is, and it's basically. Very similar to what Yoda tells him about. It's between you. It's between the rocks. It's everything that's in between. It's the light. It's the dark. Um, but it does pull it away from like, no, it's these parasites that live in your blood. <laughs> like, you know, he, he's he's definitely pulling it back in that direction. Um, the thing that I, you know, and I don't have a problem with Luke dying at the end of the movie, but it was something that I kind of didn't understand um not in the sense that like i couldn't comprehend it but in that so one of the things that you always talk about on your other podcast strange highways is that whenever you watch an episode sometimes you feel like you want to rewrite the episode yeah, because it's every not that episode, you <laughs> every single episode not that you had problems with the episode or maybe you did but that like you feel like oh there was a clear a to b here that just kind of got missed um and so i my thing was is always like well i always said that like if luke dies he's gonna come back as a force ghost and I mean, that would be the one thing that JJ could do that could surprise me. If he makes episode nine and there's no Luke Force Ghost, I'd be surprised. Kind of feel like they have to now. Yeah, I think Carrie Fisher was going to be the jam in the next one, and uh, now we can't. So, and I think that like when it comes to so both both Force Awakens, actually they did this in Rogue One. Force Awakens, Rogue One, and. Um, the Last Jedi all feature scenes with somebody playing with a Star Wars figure. Ray has a well, she's not playing with it, but there's a, a rebel figure that she's got in her little um, ATAT Snowwalker home. Um, and then there's the Stormtrooper doll that we see in Rogue One, and then this ends with a kid playing out his you know legendary Luke Skywalker made out of chicken wire or whatever. <laughs> um, and I think that that's kind of a commentary about who the Star Wars fans are now, maybe. Um, but also, maybe trying to put that back into that idea of anybody can be the hero. Well, does Star Wars, does the, 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 the mind trust of the people that run the whole thing, do they owe the fans what the fans want? No. You know, that sounds like a simple question, right? I'm but, a firm believer that nobody knows what they want because sometimes when you get it, it's never going to be exactly what you wanted. And it's like, it's more exciting to go in and be like, oh my God, he was a force ghost the whole time. And like <laughs> stuff like that, where you're like, like the fact that like things like, uh, oh, we can now contact each other 
through telepathy Skype. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, and I just was like, I just bought it. I was yeah. like, yep, makes sense. Yeah, that's cool. Like all that stuff. Like to me, that's smart. In the sense of like, that's the kind of thing that's most people would be like, what? That's not within the powers of the Jedi. That's not a thing. But you're like, when you just do it matter of factly and go for it, like you just can kind of do anything. And I think as long as you're smart. The only thing that bummed me out the most was like the Admiral Akbar didn't really get a good uh, goodbye. No, no like, can we, he, just, can he we all put that out there? That like, yeah, I was was, like you can always tell Ryan died. Johnson's like I don't want this lobster puppet anywhere near the set. We're done. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, that's the funny thing too about it was a trap. Uh, He's you know, out, out the airlock. <laughs> you know, Johnson said like after Carrie Fisher passed, that he's like, oh, we're not changing the movie, and I was like, okay, well, that must mean something. You know is so important to this movie or so integral that he doesn't want to change that performance. But the thing that like, there's two things and this goes back to my whole wanting to rewrite thing, but there's two things that I do wonder about is one, I felt that Admiral Haldo was a character who, while I liked the character, her sacrifice had it been Leia would have yeah. been so much more meaningful. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, he could have reworked that. Like, they could have found a way. Because think about the scene that Luke has with Leia. Mm -hmm. They could have just put that scene on the bridge and, you know, yeah. right before she makes that decision. Um, and I'm like, ah, that would be, it would be a, a, her giving one last deed for the rebellion and one last chance at And, and one last screw hope. you. Like, yeah. To, yeah. And it is a weird thing because it also doesn't give, unless now they bring him back as a ghost, it didn't really give Luke a full... He was sort of punishing himself and trying to kill off this idea of the magic. He even calls it a religion at one point. Like yeah. this religion. You know what I mean? And there was a lot of things in there that were really cool because they mentioned the stuff, the prequel stuff, Insidious, and like they were just so arrogant that they knew everything. And there's all this wonderful stuff, but like, him dying almost gives him less of a chance to ever be able to come back and do it unless you say like now that that the, the the story of him walking out is the is the big story but the fact that they didn't know that Carrie Fisher was going to pass away obviously yeah like you like you said like it would have been a better story except for the fact that that's her son that he was facing down which is a better story for next time is that he's still got to face his mom you know what yeah. I mean? And now they can't. Do, so it's like this weird, like, they obviously have an idea of what they're going to do because they didn't go for it like that. To me, that would be the most obvious, like, well, let's just switch that around and give her that. And, and I would have liked to see Holdo, like, in a later movie. Because I right, think yeah. Laura Dern, I, just, I like her. And I just, the fact that they, oh, she's they, a made, fantastic her, they, they made her seem kind of meek to begin with. But then whenever she was just waiting for opportunity and, like, was like, oh, they're going to mutiny. And then the way she kicks that valve and everything was just awesome. Yeah. Um, I don't know for for a ship that large. You think you'd be able to put input coordinates to make it do what it wants to do, and then you could just leave. Because Star Wars tech is confusing to me. How can you travel a light speed, but you have to still be around to press a button? I don't understand why those things like work like that, right? Like it's like we could travel light speed, but we don't have internet. Like I don't understand the 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 the, the disconnect there, but. I liked I liked her decision of just like well I got to give these people a chance which reminded me very much of Battlestar Galactica yeah, like like the, the which, jump one oh yeah we're just telling trying to describe to Steve about why that was an amazing episode he's not seen Battlestar um, but it was a very much a a move I've not seen in Star Wars though of just like the you know what like we have nothing left I'm just going to turn and go full tilt and what happens happens is a very I haven't seen that kind of desperation I wish it would have been. A character that either we knew better, or or something, because it was it was kind of like, like well, if it had been Poe, 
Sure. Like somebody, least, somebody yeah. that you were kind of built up because they really, by the end of the movie, like even when Finn's like, I'm going to crash into this thing. For a second, I was like, holy shit, they're going to blow that guy up. Like, <laughs> yeah. like they just straight up are going to do that. Just put C-3PO in charge of that ship. It would have been fine. People yeah. are like, oh, it's about time. <laughs> Push this button. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it is one of those things where, it, like, why couldn't a droid have been left on that ship to, <laughs> to you know? I mean, I guess it changes its mind. Like, like BB-7, you know. the ones we never heard of before, it's probably just not as good as the one we love. Right. It's fine. Although, to be fair, uh, and this is a, a critique of modern Star Wars, I do kind of feel like um, certain things, for all the member berries or whatever you want to call Episode Seven, both Episode Seven and Eight kind of forget about C-3PO and R2. They're just sort of <laughs> set dresses. Especially, like, that's the one that bounced me out the most. Yeah. Like, R2's got a great scene in this movie, but that's all you get of him. Like, you yeah. get the one scene with him and Luke, and he's done the rest of the movie. Yeah, pretty much. But but somehow they stuck him in Rogue One. That's important. Yeah. <laughs> And I don't. I don't. I don't I'm still fine with CG Tarkin, so I don't know. I'm just gonna oh, leave that. Yeah. I'll leave that on the table oh, so for weird. next time. Yeah. I'm okay with it too. So, um, but like going back to the decisions that Ryan made, like the things that 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 I, I don't want to say they bother me, but they do. I mean, when it all comes down to it, is like the ending of Force Awakens is Luke and Ray on the cliff. And I know that his thought process was like, what is the one thing that I can do that would surprise people? And I'll have him throw the lightsaber away. But, like, I feel like it's almost supposed to be played for comedy. Like, you could almost put a record scratch in there. Oh, it was played for comedy. I don't know. Yeah. Like, in the theater I watched it with people cracked up. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't want this. It just, like, just, just chucks it. I yeah. felt it should have been more of a solemn moment where he looks at it and maybe he just drops it and walks away. Like, I yeah. didn't think it needed to be a comedic moment, especially since it's the ending of the last movie. Um, it, it does kind of yeah. take the piss out of the end of uh, Force Awakens. Yeah. That's what I mean. That's grand. those FJJ yeah. moments. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, JJ took a, we found this island. We got a helicopter. You're going to stay <laughs> up here and then he's like and then the next thing you're gonna be like wop, 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 wop. <laughs> <laughs> you know and like if the lightsaber which we had thought had been gone for 30 years anyways you know they go to the trouble bringing it back in the force awakens and then they destroy it in this one so you're like i'm not sure what the thought process is here um and that's fine i don't care that they destroyed that lightsaber it's a lightsaber for god's sake it can be rebuilt you know they can do whatever they want with it but it does sort of have that sort of like screw you jj i'm gonna you know yeah and you know when it comes to snoke i had no theories on snoke i read some of them i didn't really care who he was i did think it was odd that they killed him off just as he was starting to become interesting because it was like oh this is going somewhere all right um but the praetorian battle scene where they're all like throwing down that is not like something i've seen in a star wars film it is a cool scene that you talk about like you know your martial arts and samurai and all those like just crazy like it was coordinated and awesome and just as much as they didn't like the Praetorian guards stand like when you saw when during um what was it Star Wars Day or whatever they, they teased all the toys, those guys look a bunch of like Home Depot piping all put together and it was weird looking. And it was like yeah. it was like like seven like seventies aesthetic, but like taking a wrong turn straight into like plastic wear. But we're they're in that room and they're all fighting and they all have their different weapons that I want to own all of them because all the weapons are so cool. And the fact that they weren't just fodder, they were actually taking it to these people that are very good at what they do. That was an awesome sequence. And then also the bit where Ray throws the lightsaber to, to Kylo and he, all he does is just turn on once and then you see that hole. Like yeah. That there were some cool things that you know you can do with a lightsaber, but you just never really saw them doing combat. Although I do wonder, that, wonderful. What were the Praetorian guards protecting at that point? Snoke's dead. Like, what do they care? 
I just think they're mad. Okay. I think it's like, you know, their boss is dead. And it's like, how dare you? Like, we were about to get our pension or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, but I just, I thought that sequence was just really, really, really cool and almost worth the price of admission to see, you know, like light and dark working together. And I don't know. It was, I thought that was a badass sequence. So here, yeah. here's the, the one thing that I, I, somebody had mentioned this and it hadn't even occurred to me until I thought about it, but there really isn't a lightsaber fight in the movie. Because you can't really even count, because Kylo and Luke don't even actually fight. Right. Um, Luke just dodges, you know, him, and um, he's a hologram anyway, so he can't. But, like, <laughs> I, I can't help but wonder, like, what if after that scene, Ray had started to, not maybe fall to the dark side, but her and Kylo had reached this impasse where they're like, okay, you're bad, I'm good, or however you want to phrase it. Let's try and figure this out together. And I can't help but wonder what if Luke would have shown up and he tries to save one of them or either of them and they end up fighting him. I would have liked a lightsaber scene that would have been Luke, Ray, and Kylo. And I think that would have been a great finale. But And then Yoda as well. <laughs> but like I, I, when I say like, oh, the whole like, you know, it's not fair for me to hold choices against the movie that, I, you know, I would, wouldn't make, you know, and... At the end of the day, you know, he he makes a very big point about that. Like, well, what am I going to do? Go face down the First Order with the laser sword, which I don't know why it bugs me when he calls it a laser sword, but <laughs> it just always feels like the laser sword that you buy at Dollar General versus the lightsaber. That's true. Um, but, uh, and then he puts that in the ending. Like, it's, it's literally what the end of the film is, is him facing down the First Order with a lightsaber. And I'll admit, this, and you guys can't see it at home, but I'm brushing off my shoulder loved that moment like i would have stood up and cheered if i could have like all he needed to do was like like wipe a little blood, bit of blood off his lip and look at it and then look up at them and then like you know bring it yeah i know though he wouldn't he would have force projected blood as right. opposed to you know, <laughs> but, you know so um I, I, so you feel better about the film the second time you watched it yeah and i then, mean uh, would, would this change your ranking or is it still where it's at i think it's still where it's at okay. just because i think that and so, you know, the, the, the prequels, I'm not a huge fan of, but I, I do really like Revenge of the Sith. And I can't decide if it, if it looks better in comparison to one and two, or if it's... Because I put it just under Return of the Jedi, in, in my opinion. There are a few things in it that I don't like, but overall I think it's a really well done movie. Um, there are a lot of great moments in Revenge of the Sith. So... It, it, before The Last Jedi, though, I probably would have said Force Awakens, then Revenge of the Sith. And I feel like my Last Jedi kind of pulled down <laughs> The Force Awakens with it because it, it it goes back to that thing of like, yeah, and maybe I'll a year or two from now, whenever we get Episode Nine, maybe I'll have a completely different view and maybe I'll be like, okay, this is back up in, you know, three is now, you know, towards the bottom again I, I i watched force awakens the other day while i was working i had it on and i actually enjoyed it more because i didn't care about all that stuff that i was like oh man i hope they don't screw that up and it better not be boba fett with a ding on his head or like all that stuff that people were saying i'm just like oh come on don't do any of that stuff and i watched it the other day and you could just watch it going like okay i know how this is sort of resolving and i actually enjoyed it more that's fair the only I thing that i actually watched I, it the only sense. thing that i was really bummed out about the whole movie was that they brought Maz back in a weird way because she was like my favorite thing of the other one, the last movie, like this wise little old person. And they brought her back and 
in a weird way. And I was just like, yeah. no, don't do that. Well, there's two characters that they bring back that are kind of head scratchers. I don't understand why it's Maz uh, that they use and why she's in a gun a battle fight. after and she losing. definitely slept with that guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, Captain Phasma, yeah. why bring her back just to kill her off in like uh. a minute? Like his naked gun movies were awesome. They're like, bring it back, kill him off, bring him back. Yeah, I that's the one thing. I'm, like, I just I know I just talked about how I like that there's no story given for a lot of this, just kind of happens. I feel like outside of making a toy, that I feel like Captain Phasma actually there, she's the only one who wears that armor. She's like a foot taller than the rest of the stormtroopers. They're like, she has to have some kind of motivation other than she doesn't like Finn because he's like the employee that got away. The like, janitor that got away. Yeah, the janitor got yeah. away. It's like, and um, Gwendolyn Christie, she's a really good actress. I love her as Brianna Tarth on Game of Thrones. Yeah. Like, she is intimidating, like, in terms of, like, her you know, presence. It's like, and the only time, like, you give her her eye, that what like, you could see her eye, and that's it. Like, you don't even give her a chance to even. Well, that was emote. the unfortunate part of, like, having it be a chase movie of, like, there was no time for them to stop. And have like a prison scene or a talking scene. Like they went from like we're captured, we're gonna cut your head off. The ship got blown up. BB-8 saved the day. Let's get on the one ship that's not broken. Like everything had to sort of a sort of that. Those are the moments that kind of got lost because of that. Everything sort of happening right now. There's no. Yeah. There's no like. And then a week later, we were done talking, and they're still talking about <laughs> like the motivations for him to become a rebel, or you know what I mean. Well, you know, I mean, the other thing, this is one of the things that I think bugs me about Star Wars, just in general, one is... One more thing. One, one last thing. <laughs> uh, is that, you know, they went to the trouble of writing a Phasma book, and I believe a comic book series as well, about how she got out of the trash compactor on uh, Star Killer base, and, you know, like, they created all this other material, and, like, had I read any of that, I'd be like, oh, so you guys went to this length of getting me to buy this stuff or I've read it I've been enriched in this character and then she's just killed off I would actually I guess be more upset about her being killed off than Snoke because I feel like they could have just left her oh she died on Starkiller base like or like even you didn't have to have her be like killed in the destruction of the ship like she could have gotten away I don't know I just feel like the, the or like series? when they got to crate, that would have been another good like oh, yeah. saves Rose because that was another character that we haven't even mentioned. Like I thought Rose was awesome. I thought Rose was great. I think they don't know what to do with Finn exactly. Yeah, like they're still not sure. Like is he like like <laughs> the first one? I remember thinking like for a guy that's been trained his whole life to be sort of a soldier, he seems kind of like a dimwit. <laughs> like he's yeah. a little much of a ding dong. Everything's like, whoa, hey, oh my gosh. You know what I mean? Like he's always confused by everything where I'm like, everything should be like normal for you. Like you're pretty much trained to be normal. And so like the idea that they use this character in this way, he's sort of still, he's sort of the audience in this movie again, yeah. where I'm like, she should have been the audience and he they should have given him some more just another step of character, you know what I mean? Like, it would have been cool if he was upset that they were slaves because he was taken away from his parents when he was a kid. That actually makes you know yeah. what I mean? sense. Like, I never like, thought about that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they gave her more character. I'm like, give this guy something else to do. I feel like since they made the choice to keep Poe alive in the first movie that they don't know what to do with the two of them because I feel like they were, they're... One of them was supposed to be the one going forward and having a little bit more conflict. Right. And I feel like, and I like the postal around because I like that he's kind of, he wants to fight the good fight and he's kind of a hothead. And they actually gave him a chance to be an awesome pilot at the beginning too. Right. I thought that was kind of awesome. That whole beginning sequence is, it's really the good. The scene with her yeah. sister and stuff in the bomber, I was like, this is just, 
the bomb. Now, going no back to what you were saying about, about Finn, though, do you think that he suffers because of the fact that that Johnson decides to introduce four new characters? Um, instead of focusing on one that already exists, he introduces Rose, Haldo, DJ. Oh, that's three. Wait, I'm missing one. Did he, did he introduce Well, one? I mean, there's all, there's 8,000 other players yeah. in this movie. Um, and he could have left him in the little med bay being like, you know, near death, but they had to have him wake up and leak all over the place. You know, like, so, yeah, I think, I don't think you really got a sense of Finn. He did in the first movie that he wanted to fight the good fight as well and be, you know, he realized that like he didn't want to be part of the First Order. But, like, I, I thought they were positioning him in the first movie to also be kind of like a Jedi in training as well. That's what yeah. I thought, too. Yeah, like, that whole first sequence, because uh, all the prep, all the posters had him with the lightsaber. So when he's on the planet and freaking out before he gets the blood fingers on his face, like, I was like, oh, you must be like feeling the force for the first time in my mind. Of course, I'm writing the story. The first time you see it, you're writing it as you watch <laughs> it because you're like, this is going to happen next. I know it. Um, but that's kind of where I assumed it was going to go. I mean, they could still literally do that because they could, like yeah. it literally this is four days later. Really? You know what I mean? Like no time has passed. I mean, I don't know how many days they said that they could before they ran out of gas, but it's really close. I think it was hours. I don't even know if it was days. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, space hours is like way longer. (laughs) You see planet of the apes. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I guess also Tauntaun racing would have been dope. If they'd escaped on Tauntauns instead of giraffe things, how metal would that have been? That would have been, what, that would have been, yeah, that would have been but what I don't understand is, is why didn't they just make Rose the code breaker and Finn's the one who has the knowledge about the star light tracker, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, you could have cut out that entire Canto Bite thing and then just put them on the ship and those two are the ones who are on a mission and it would have saved about a half hour out of that movie. I, I think some along the way is like, hey, we need to have a prequel-esque location that's over-the-top and cartoony to satisfy those fans. And I don't know who those fans are. Because, like, that Canto Bite felt very much like George Lucas probably, like, woke up and was like, I like that. And his beard was probably purring or whatever. And then he saw that. And then and then the racing with the large animals and, and the slapsticky humor. He's like, that's how you do Star Wars. I'm sure... That's what that felt very out of place for me. The only thing I liked in that whole thing was um, when the little creature uh, thought BB-8 was a slot machine and kept putting money in him. And then later on, you just hear him rolling and you hear all the coins inside of him. That was the only that was the only joke I thought paid off. I really liked right. that bit. Like but, they got to cut some more of that. I'm still I wanted more Benicio del Tour, and I think it would have been I cool did, if too. he actually had been the code breaker they were looking for. I totally see. That's another thing where you start writing in your head. That's not fair to Ryan Johnson to be like, no, this would have been better because that's not my job in life. But um, well, because they meet him completely by happenstance, and that's, yeah, that didn't feel right to me. I do think it's yeah. interesting though that like, and this is the cool thing about Star Wars is that you wanted more of Benicio del Toro. I felt he could have just been taken completely out of the movie. <laughs> so like, and it's not his performance or anything like that. Cause I think he's a fantastic actor. And I think that there should have been something a little bit more worthy of him as an actor. I, I just guess. wanted him to be the collector from guardians of the galaxy in this film. I think that'd have been perfect. If he'd have been the same character, give it 10 years. And it's like, he just, he's like, Oh, the BB eight. He's like, I'll take you and put you in my collection with Cosmo. I Stan like Lee is going to start popping up in star Wars movies for no reason. And, I'm I'm kind of, if Thanos is actually a force to be reckoned with in the Star Wars universe, I that actually isn't too far off base. I'm okay with that. Um, he's uses the gauntlet, makes a large Infinity Ball. That's, yeah, I don't know what the Infinity Ball is. Um, so anyway, um, I guess I'll, I'll just wrap this up because uh, you know I I I'm fine with this movie. I need to see it again. 
Um, I came out liking it better than seven, but I didn't have like the big wow moment. Uh, I, I, but I will say like, Steve, what was your favorite part of the film? I, I think it probably is the brush off. It's a tiny, tiny moment, but seeing all those, those cannons firing at Luke and then him just yeah, quietly brushing off his shoulder. It's, it's a great, great moment. And it is, it is. And I, I said before the movie, I said the one thing I want is a, a, a one awesome Luke Skywalker moment. And that is a great one. So and Jeff and your favorite moment of the film. Yeah. That whole sequence was like from the moment he walks in and starts talking to princess Leia and she says that it's my hair. I changed my hair. Like yeah. both times, I was like, I'm not gonna cry in a movie for big people. And all the way up to where he winks at three PO and walks out, I was just like, that's the best thing that all things should be. Yeah. So my favorite part is actually related to that. It's just more the visual of the planet of Crate after you see all the salt speeders, whatever we call them, cutting all their lines and the surface. And then um, after the barrage from the big gorilla adats, and how you just see this just, I don't know, this hellscape of red. And it's very striking. And it was Ryan Johnson's way of like getting away from it's not blood, it's just sand and salt. You know, I just, I haven't seen anything like that in a Star Wars film. It was just very, and I think it's part because I've been watching spaghetti westerns, it was that visual. Just it just knocked me over when I saw that. I really liked that part of it. So I guess we're all just saying watch the last twenty minutes of the movie and then you're good. I think that's what we're saying. Well, I feel like it's one of those things too that I just rambled a lot because it's like there's so much to talk about that I, I never even got to like a Okay, we could do one more episode. No. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it I guess that's the best thing I can say about the movie. Hey, Yoda. Do we just put that in? I'll say Yoda. Yeah, Yoda, yeah. Did you guys see that uh it was the day it opened, I think it was, or the day before, uh in the UK, John Boyega was on a talk show and the woman was just like, And Yoda's back and he's like, um, uh, yeah, she's like, well, that's what, uh, yeah, yeah. She dropped a big. Yeah. They call it soccer in America. <laughs> Wink. Everybody's <laughs> like, oh, thank goodness, covered that one up, nailed it. That's amazing. All right, so uh, I think that's going to do it for uh, the more Star Wars talk. If you guys agree, disagree, have your own takes, please let us know on our Facebook page. Uh, we have a website. It's evasionthepodcast dot com. It takes us to our blog where you can see all my nicely updated. Uh, you're the Western. I know you guys are tired of Westerns, but I went back through and fixed the spelling, and I mean, it's all pretty now. So if you want to read about them, read about them. Um, also, uh, you can find us uh, on Twitter at Invading Podcast. We have an email address. It's invadingpodcast@gmail.com. I'm going to pimp that I was uh, recently on uh, El Goro's uh, 400th episode of Talk Without Rhythm. Uh, it's the easiest one to find. It's 400, where he and uh, myself and, and Kevin from Strange Highways talked about our favorite mil- movies of 2017. And I drank a lot, and it was a two-and-a-half-hour talk about films. It's, it a, was, it's a good episode. I, it I got one, me through my work day today. It was fun. So you guys can go ahead and check that out. Um, all right. So uh, this isn't really a game, so I'm not going to play a game. Maybe we'll just play spoilers again, because we're going to spoil 2018. How about that? Do you know why they are called spoilers? When it's done, you just have to play the game over sound. Yeah, yeah <laughs> right. Um, just some questions for predictions for 2018. So I already kind of gave the one about what TV show would you like to see revived. We all agreed Night Court. That's not true. Um, which superhero show will get a second season order, Black Lightning or Krypton? Ooh, you want to go first on that one? What channel is Black Lightning on? Do we know? CW. So it's probably It'll be three that. seasons already. Yeah. yeah. But Krypton's that prequel show that's going to be a sci-fi that's like the prequel Superman story. We know what happens to the planet. That's why I don't like this idea for a show. But, it's, yeah. It's, it's a fair point. And... 
you know, I don't. Jarrell's a, a scientist. There's a uh, mind there, though. The idea of people coming to realize and trying to convince others, and that could be cool. I mean, it could be that could be the Battlestar reboot I need. That we all know we're gonna die just when. Yeah, no, you said that. Okay, I'll, I'll give it a chance. So, uh, so you think Black Lightning will also get renewed? Yeah, I mean, I hope so. I mean, it's the only like I, I hate to say it like this, but I mean, like you know, it's. A, character of color it would be nice to get renewed you yeah know, we've seen how many iterations of superman or that lineage so that's fair so all right which will get a higher rotten tomato score 50 shades freed or god's not dead a light in the darkness so it's the third god's not dead film or the third 50 shades which i wrote down as 50 shads freed so she think we'll get the higher critical score i have not seen well I've not seen any of those movies, but I don't even know what the tomato scores are for the Fifty Shades of Grey movie. I know they make a lot of money. Um, Are they critically panned most of the time? Yeah. Okay. A little bit. I'm going to say that one, though, because this is going to be their Empire Strikes Back. (laughs) I'm going to say it's going to be their Phantom Menace. No. um, Yeah, I'm going to say God's Not Dead is probably going to have the the higher score. Okay. Okay. which will be the better reviewed video game film, Tomb Raider or Rampage? <laughs> there was the third video game movie being released this year, but it's not really. It's it's the Wreck-It Ralph sequel, so I don't really think that qualifies. Because as much as I love Wreck-It Ralph, it's not. It's it's an amalgam of games, but right. this is a straight Homage. up. Yeah, but this is Tomb Raider. It has a. Uh, the girl was Alicia Vificator, whatever her name is. The one was an ex machina, I believe. Yeah, the one was an ex machina with uh, Poe and uh, Hux. Um, you know, I, I and no offense to Laura Croft fans if you're out there. Um, <laughs> I, I've not seen the first two movies, and I understand the appeal of it being a video game. I don't understand the appeal of the movie. I I know that it's kind of Indiana Jones, Indiana Jones ish, but um, oof, I. Rampage, at least you got The Rock and you got like rampaging monsters, which really you don't even need The Rock. If you give me a movie about rampaging monsters, I'm usually there for that. So if they could just fit the kaiju, not the kaiju, um, the, the Jaegers from uh, uh, Pacific Rim, I'd be all about that. That'd be great. Stick Gypsy Danger in there versus the rampage monsters. I'd be fine with that. I think Tomb Raider is going to do better just because it's like it's trying to be serious and rampage. I want it to be fun. But just the trailer just feels weird. I don't know. Like uh, it's just if you've not seen the trailer, check it out. It's a bizarre. It took me it's, almost till the yeah. very end before I realized what I was watching. And <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait thing. a second, wait a minute. Yeah. And not once in the trailer do you see a monster reach into a building and eat a person, or grab a toilet and eat it and then spit it out. Like Dude, I that's need the to finale. See... It's like very like Mighty <laughs> Joe Young. Yeah. And the fact that like these are monsters, these are animals that become large monsters and not just people that become monsters. We don't get that moment of them shrinking and then hiding their their nakedness and running away. That's the way the movie ends. Is that they ran out of quarters and that's the way the you know yeah so. I would just like it if there was a sight gag of them because I think they're in Chicago. Like they go rampaging through Chicago, and then like they go to a nearby place, and then like they go to Detroit, and they like look, look, they look around and realize that like there's nothing there, and then they go to another city and just destroy it. I think that'd be fun. Um, all right, side question: um, Do you think any one of those will be the good video game film, like the true, like how? comic book movies now have good ones to speak to there's not been like a true when was the last good... time a tomb raider video game came out uh two years ago oh yeah 
But here's the thing is like the problem with video games is you're literally it's choose your own adventure in some weird way. You're you're choosing things literally. And that's the thing of like, well, if I was making Star Wars, I would have done this. And you yeah. literally kind of have that power. So the movie might be good. That still doesn't mean that people who like those movies, video games, will like it. Is that a fair? That's fair. I'm, yeah. I'm, it's like pleading the fifth. It's like half and half. Yeah, I actually agree with that because I, I think that video games and movies are two different experiences. And I, I, I don't know what the magic bullet is to make. Besides, Street Fighter already exists. Yeah. So I saw that in the theater. <laughs> and Mortal Kombat. So I saw I. Mortal Kombat yeah. in the theater. Um, so, okay, side side question. Super Troopers 2 opens the same weekend as Rampage on 420. Which do you think will be the top spot? I'm going to be that guy. Somebody's going to hate me, but I don't care about Super Troopers at all. I don't care about any of those guys' that stuff. That's, That's fair. That's not my jam. I, I, I think Sorry. The, first, the first three quarters of Super Troopers is great. The other is kind of flat. But I love Club Dread. Club Dread cracks me up. I think that uh, Rampage will probably come out on top just because it's The Rock, and he's pretty on stoppable at this point i kind of just wish the rock would show up as super troopers too i think that would be pretty great um so okay this one's more for you steve which reboot slash sequel will be better the predator or halloween Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good question are you putting into your mind right now the one that's coming out about them running around the neighborhood or whatever is going to be happening in this new movie. Oh, uh, we're talking. Are you keeping that out of your mind or like your own version of a reboot or the one that <laughs> the Shane Black one that's coming out? Are you putting that in your mind? Well, I mean, he wrote the original Predator, um, and he has he hasn't really made a movie that I haven't liked. Um, so, I I don't know. I, I it just feels sacrilegious for me that Halloween's my all time favorite. Like horror movie slash franchise so it's hard for me to bet against it and since they got jamie lee curtis to return and they're kind of doing their own thing but they did get the predator to return for that's, predator that's true I mean, that's pseudo ironically is also jamie lee curtis <laughs> <laughs> she's uh, very that, they that walk along like there's like goddamn yogurt, yogurt, yogurt joke <laughs> i like how i get so upset too like these are real problems where i'm like oh i have to choose one yeah. um i'm i'm gonna say halloween just because uh, we're oh. due. Oh no! I was trying to remember what the original question was. <laughs> oh, yeah, going to be better, or um, do you think that they'll end up using like a, a current Shatner face for the mask for Michael Myers? Like if they like, no. Going to use Chris Pine, Chris Pine <laughs> mask. Yeah, that'd be great. That would be great. Um, all right. So, so Jeff, do you have a, a dog in this fight in terms of the Predator or Halloween? I don't I know. I always which... want the Predator because that costume is the. It's the jam. It's true. I, I, I don't like think. That. I think Halloween is such of its time that it's a dangerous. It made so many. It, to me, that's a movie that creates uh, a version of a movie that now exists. Whereas Predator is still just a cool action monster movie. Yeah, that's fair. I can't argue with that logic. Yeah, so we'll see. I, I just I'm hoping that both are good because I mean this was the year that I got a Blade Runner sequel, like let's say last year, and an Alien sequel, and the Blade Runner movie is a good movie. I just I didn't love it. I didn't you know? get to see it yet either. And, and Covenant, just I have problems with it. So it's like, I hope this is. I hope for for your sake that these are better overall like presentations of these. Well, the thing is, is that like Halloween though. Like I've sat through bad Halloween movies, so like no matter what this comes out at, like I'm coming out on top. I don't have any. Cool J one. Yeah, that's actually one that I don't consider to be one of the worst. So I, I the Buster Rhymes one is actually one of the worst ones. So, <laughs> all right, so. Which superhero film sequel are you looking forward to the most? Incredibles 2 or Deadpool 2? 
I'm gonna say Incredibles too. Oh yeah, that's that's a no brainer. Yeah, that <laughs> no for for the movie I never thought was gonna happen. I'm super excited because I for the longest time I didn't think there would be a better superhero film than The Incredibles. I figured it was the best version of the Watchmen we'd ever get. You know, because it's just that's I because the it's whole light idea, years ahead of its time. Yeah, like I, it's, it hit the bar like way before. I remember seeing it, and it was, I think, right before the first Fantastic Four movie was coming out. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my God, why are they bothering? I'm like, this is the perfect Fantastic Four movie. Yeah, and I just hope there's more Frozone looking for a super suit. That's really... (laughs) How how can you not have Sam Jackson in this film? Like, it has to happen, right? So, all right. Um, What new fad do you think will take over 2018 like the Fitch Spinner did in 2017? Ooh, new fads. I don't don't know. Because Fitch Spinners, I think, are stupid. And I think they're pointless, and, but everyone I know has one. Well, as somebody who actually fidgets, and like if I'm at a con or something, I hold a pen and I rub it between my fingers so much and spin it around so much that I'll have a blister by the end of the weekend. <laughs> I cannot use a fidget spinner for more than a half a second, which proves that they don't actually <laughs> help the people like me who actually need them. Did you try one of those fidget cubes that have all the little different buttons and knobs on no. them? Oh, okay. Um, yeah, maybe that game where you put your hand on the table with the knife and you're like, ding, dong, ding, dong, ding, dong, ding, dong, ding, dong, like that. Please, I want that to be the new fad. <laughs> it's just because of all the people that are going to try to top it and like cut fingers off and just be, yeah, that'd be great. So I'm going to say since nostalgia's big, I'm going to say the, uh, the, the, uh, big thing is going to be old school TVs. It's going to be like, you know, people... <laughs> VHS. <laughs> Just go out and buy a tube television so you can't even get antenna on anymore. This like thing it. is only 30 inches tall and it weighs 500 pounds. And yeah. yeah. I'm calling this is the year that, that Pogs come back. I figure Pogs, people are going to be all about Pogs. Because now that you can, you know, you can 3D print them. So why not, right? So you can make all the Pogs in the world that you want. So I think you mispronounced Porgs. Porgs. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. So, um, all right, so a couple more questions here real quick. Will Solo, a Star Wars film, feel like a complete work, or are we getting a conflicted piece like like Rogue One, where it's definitely two different creatives making a film? See, I didn't feel like Rogue One felt all that conflicted. I mean, Me either. No. It, it definitely feels like it's different in a lot of ways, but I never felt like it was it. a competitive... <laughs> yeah, um, and I... I, I I quite enjoy it as well. Um, But I will say that Han Solo, I feel like it's either going to be... So I'm going to go back to like 97. I remember when Titanic was coming out and it kept getting pushed back and I heard about how much money they were spending. I was like, this movie's either going to be the the greatest thing ever or it's going to be the worst thing ever. And it turned out it was the the greatest greatest thing ever. well, I I, I we should went rephrase totally that. Different jokes. Our brain was like completely like you're gonna say the one, and I don't know which one was actually the appropriate bad joke. And never never I, let me go. I've never I've only actually seen the movie once. I didn't mean it in like context of like it being a good movie. I just meant like it was either gonna be huge or it was gonna be a bomb. I guess was a better way of putting it. So so you feel like Solo? You think it's gonna? I don't make think as there's much gonna be as Titanic is what you're saying. I think it's gonna be. I don't think there's gonna be an in between on it. It's either gonna be a complete bomb or it's gonna be out of this. Out of this world. How do you ah. how do you feel about Celine Dion singing the theme to the solo film? How do you feel about that? <laughs> I don't know. I know John Williams is coming back to write the. He's writing. I was a desperately for, seeking for a pun of one of her songs, and yeah. it just my brain was like, nope. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I got nothing. Um, but I know John Williams is writing a Han Solo theme that they're going to bring into this film, so that's kind of cool. Ron Howard made Apollo thirteen. Let's not forget that, people. 
He's had some bombs lately, but their movies are except for those Da Vinci Code books. I don't, I don't know. If somebody has a gun to his head for those or something. But like, uh, like even that racing movie made not a bad movie. It's a good movie. It's like any other year yeah. that would have been a if a non superhero movie year. So I have faith that they picked the. They didn't just pick another kid. But when I started hearing like Ace Ventura, like when those other guys were making it, I was like. But that's that's Phil Lord and Chris Miller, and it's like those guys. Like I love the Lego Movie. I'm yeah. not saying I'm not saying Solo needs to be like that, but other things they've produced, like um, they they're behind uh, Last Man on Earth, that show on Fox, which I, I have not watched the season, but I really really like, and they could temper comedy and seriousness. You See, know? I so, think they could do yeah. that. If they'd made like a Lando and the Scoundrels movie, like post him losing the Falcon, they could get away with that. But Han Solo is like think of all the problems people had with Rogue One. Han Solo is sacred ground, man. Like, yeah. think about what we just had an hour long conversation yeah. about the Last Jedi, and we know we're getting another one of those. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, although I do wonder, like, they were like almost done filming. Like, wow. yeah, how did they get that far without somebody? Like, I, I don't understand how it got that far along. I guess I, I just I think Ron Howard's a trusted name. I think he's a, a, like a oh, he's your grandfather's filmmaker. filmmaker. Yeah. He's journeyman's, and he and he's he's good at what he does. But I, I just I can't think of a style that Ron Howard has. Like I can't think of like a signature calling card. I can. It's blandness. <sighs> it's it's no. It's like that. It's the same thing. It's like a different version of the Spielberg thing, where it feels like. Of its as like almost other world, like everything feels of its like it's in this other realm. But at least with Spielberg, there's times you can watch it and be like, "This feels like Spielberg." I never go, "This feels like Ron Howard." Not with excitement; it's more like, "This feels like Ron Howard." Like I'm just, <laughs> and I like, I, like you, know, like you mentioned Apollo 13. That movie was great. And it's like, and I, he's made really good movies. It's just that Willow. Yes, you know. Um, I'm just voting. I just want to be positive. Everybody's being so negative about this thing yeah. before it came out. I'm just trying to be that one guy that's like, it's going to be and, awesome. And you got Donald Glover in it, so I'm yeah. hoping. And I, yeah. You know, it is partially, I think it's written with his son, but I mean, it does have Kasdan behind it who wrote Empire and Jedi. So, yeah. although if you really want to play devil's advocate, he also wrote Force Awakens. So, <laughs> yes. All right. So, what would be a big bombshell movie announcement for 2018? Like, like hey, we're making this film and it would blow your mind. You know, if you heard this, like now that uh, Disney is buying like 20th Century Fox, like what would what if they announced because, you know, like they're really good announcing like the next four years of movies. What would be the thing that you're just like, hey, are we saying specifically Marvel or from anything? No, no, just like if there's something that was announced, like, you know, like I would have told you two months ago that Tarantino is making a Star Trek movie like bullshit, you know, yeah. until until that happens. But you know what I mean? So. The, one, uh, the two that I still think are out there hovering somewhere on somebody's desk, and I'm afraid it's going to be like a Transformers thing, is either your Robotech or your Voltron. Like something is coming in there because they have the TV show now. So I feel like Voltron is back in the air. And we have that Alita Battle Angel coming out too. Yeah, that, that looks fantastic. That, that so looks that like, like it's, it could be good. I hope like it's Like Robert good. Rodriguez, they were like, take all that Spy Kids, all that great drama you put into those Spy Kids movies, and here's a budget. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe I mean, Robotech, would, depending upon what generation Robotech, because I don't know all of them, I, I'm all about like mech combat. So that would be cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think of something that would like just blow my mind that I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe they did that. Um, remake of justice league yeah <laughs> i mean like, batman yeah. beyond with michael keaton oh. like oh see okay so here's a question from that word. Yes. just real quick yeah. i was re-watching breaking bad and there was a scene where i really was like holy crap brian cranston could be old bruce wayne 
He has like those cool scar. His the way his face is carved out, like a cane. A little when he gets a little bit older, and he's kind of crunched, but he still seems like he could be like. I'm fine the hell with that. Yeah, I'm okay with it could be Batman now. I don't care. It's yeah. fine. I'm fine like, with I that. Like I totally was like, oh, there it is. Yeah, I'd be fine with that. I I also want to see John Hamm as like Dark Knight, like returns, like Batman, like that kind of little stockier, more angry Batman. Like I'd like to see that. But I think if they did, like if somehow. They, because I know Hugh Jackman said that he would come back as Wolverine like once more if he was able to do a Marvel film. I would love to see them like maybe figure out like a House and M scenario or something where like the X universe exists, but there's that one window where they're two worlds side by side and you get the X Men and mutants to show up in a way that makes sense in the current MCU. I think that would be a cool announcement to get actual Wolverine in, in a Marvel film. That where it would make sense, not just a one-off like where he throws an f bomb and walks away. Right. I think that would be, and give him a suit that looks like a Wolverine suit. Like make something that makes sense for a second. I'd be all about that. See, I just pictured him in like a costume that looks like a Wolverine. Like I don't <laughs> like, know, like an actual Wolverine. Well, yeah, I don't know why. Like, like, a, like a fuzzy uh, beast. I'm a little bear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He could just play Puck in Alpha Flight. That that would be fine by me. Um, see, that'd be like also like if they announced an actual new Fantastic Four film. That would be uh, that would be amazing. I even though I'd love to see one set in the '60s, where it gets like that crazy '60s sci-fi weird. I would love to see that, but I know they're not going to. I thought that was going to happen a lot more after First Class. Yeah, I thought after I saw that, I was like, "Oh, this is there. It is. That's the thing that's going to save all these weird properties that they're it's not sure go what to back, do with. Like, yeah, you know, just yeah. redo it. Like Bond movies. Like oh. part of that should be like it should be just set back in the '60s again. That would be cool. Yeah, he gets like, rid of all that. Like he hacked in three days ago, and he, you didn't know it, and hacking happened like if they had actually set like the original Kirk Douglas like uh, Henry Pym Ant-Man like if they actually showed that story of him in the 60s or 50s and 60s and then move on that would have been would have been great but Stevie still didn't have an answer. Like, we, yeah, I'm trying to think. He's still like, waiting I for the last like... Jedi version. Yeah, <laughs> he's, like, he's like, I want the director's cut. No, uh, the director's director's cut. I want the Disney cut. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I I'm trying to think of what would be like mind blowing because I feel like we've gotten so much of it. I hate yeah. to say that like it become. You need a new e- matrix, something that you're like, what is that? Then you're like, oh, brain melting. Yeah, that'd be cool to have like a new... Somebody that is into all this stuff who makes an amalgam movie that's like, that's what Star Wars rocks. That's why the Matrix rocks. It's all these other things that you love and like just squish together just right. I would, you're just like, yes. I would like to see, and I mean, because this isn't an announcement or anything like that, but like, um, I would love to see there be a new icon, like a new iconic horror character. Like... You know something that's the next Jason or Freddy, and they've been trying for years. I mean, I, I, it's not for lack of trying, that's for sure. But uh, God, I, you know, if there was something that came along that was just like, oh, it's the next, it's it's, you know, because I feel like there's the Universal monsters, the classic monsters, and then there's the eighty seventies eighties classic monsters with Leatherface, Jason, Freddy, Michael Myers. Uh, you could probably even throw Chucky in there. Like, I'd like to see something, whatever the next version of that is, I think. But that's not really an announcement. It's kind of a, you know, it's not a real answer. Yeah, well, so. no, that's fair. I mean, if that's what you want to see for 2018. Um, and then if anything actually happens, you'd be like, listen, I called it. That's exactly how it happened. <laughs> All right, last question here. Uh, the the weekend of 12, 21, 18, so like one of the last weeks of this year coming, that weekend, the Bumblebee movie comes out. And the Aquaman movie is supposed to be slated the same weekend. So you got like the Bumblebee. Transformers Bumblebee? Yeah. yeah. Not the Bumblebee 2, no, the movie. Um, no, Bumblebee, it's the prequel movie with him and John Cena, which like that I'm already in. Uh, and then Aquaman with uh, 
Aquaman. So the, supposedly those open against each other. Who wins? I uh, think Aquaman, but oh, you know what? I mean, Transformers. Is, those movies are garbage, and they make tons of money. So, <laughs> or just no one win because they're opening the same weekend against each other. I'm surprised nobody blinked in that uh, that battle. I, I looked this up quickly. The site I'm using could not be. Maybe it's not accurate, but the fact that they're both being like late, like holiday releases. You know, clearly they're they're trying to like you said. Star, Star Wars normally controls Christmas. There's no Star Wars movie, so yeah. guess we're getting Bumblebee. I guess we're getting Aquaman. Like that, yeah. My brain was just yeah. There's nothing going on there. No, <laughs> nothing was like oh, I have a. I don't know if I have an opinion. Yeah, that's right. yeah. Once you kind of get past Infinity War and I think Ant Man and the Wasp comes out, and, although we haven't had a trailer for that, but I think that's no. towards the end out, of the year. Yeah, sometime. Chris yeah. Pratt running from dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right. So, I guess we're all kind of sad about the fact that there's a Bumblebee film also opening as Aquaman. So, that's a that's your 2018 predictions. Uh, that's going to do it for us this week. Um, I believe next week Steve and I might have something talking about toys. I think that's what we're going to next uh, next week. We're going to no. talk about the Last Jedi toys, and uh... <laughs> and this is going to be like, hey, I got I got something about toys and point two about the Last Jedi. <laughs> so so Jeff, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for talking Star Wars. Yes, yeah, so thanks for I being with us. Next time I'll even be better at talking to the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> It, this is a small, tiny room, and, and there's awkward places to sit. So, we'll we'll make it make sense. So, but again, thank you for coming on. I, I'm sure I promise we'll have you on sometime when we're not talking about Star Wars. Um, but I just figured this would be appropriate. The so. Iron Eagle Redux. <laughs> yes. Hashtag Iron Eagle. Or when the Dark Crystal series comes to Netflix, maybe there we'll we have go. you on for that. So, um, but yeah, uh, that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, this like next week we're talking about toys, or Steve's going to talk about Star Wars, sneaking in there. Uh, until then, uh, have have a good week, and I I don't know, uh, eat more porg. <laughs> <laughs>